It's four past four here on SCNZ. This is The Run Home with Rick and B. Thanks to Mick Delivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. Uh, Beef, great to have you in studio, mate. How's things? Yeah, brilliant, Ricardo. Uh, yeah, can't complain, mate. Obviously, uh, I don't know how I'm feeling at the moment. Two for 132. Um, mm. But um, I was a little, a little bit deflated, to be fair. Um, yeah. But still... Only a few more good bits of cricket away, and we're we're back right in this. So let's hope the boys have a very good lunch. Yeah, hope, yeah. Hopefully, I don't know what's on the, uh, the don't know what's on the menu there, but hopefully it's good, mate. Hopefully it's good. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was. Uh, I mean, we, you and I were talking earlier and said with all the rain we've had, you think it's, it's going to be a bit juicy. So you, you win the toss, you're going to bowl. But uh, I think it said everything when they gave Michael Bracewell the ball, um, 22 overs in on the first day. Yeah, and obviously Salvi's the sort of captain, I guess, much like Baz, the opposing. Coach, he's going to try things, isn't he? He's a, he's a bit of a risk taker, a bit of a gambler. So, you know, it was probably on the cards at some point. But uh, yeah, we expected uh, probably once we won the toss, we, we were probably rubbing our uh, rubbing our hands together here. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, they uh, they've got a they've got a pedigree of these boys of hanging in there and uh, and finding a way. So hang in there. Hang in there indeed. Our uh, guy will be able to tell us all about that and what it's like to be in this situation is currently Canterbury, uh, current Canterbury coach and, uh, of course, a former black cap himself. Um, Two-metre Peter, uh, Peter Fulton, is going to come on the show. He's part of our Maccas menu. What else is on the Maccas menu today? Well, um, I'll tell you what, we're going to Canterbury a wee bit, Beef, uh, because we've also got Sam Whitelock out of the Crusaders. He's going to be on with us as well around 4.30. Uh, Pitt Morris from the Tabs coming on as well. We're going to catch up with a bloke who, I t- tell you what, mate, it's one of those that you go, oh, mate, I wish I, had, wish, wish I was doing what you were doing. Cam Luke works for Croc Media over in Aussie. Uh, he's, he's currently in Hawaii, so he's going to talk to us out of Hawaii about the NBL finals. But he went to the Super Bowl, and he was at LeBron's game where he broke the record for the most points as well. You're not a bad week or so. Yeah, it's all right, isn't um, it? And then just to... I guess just to reflect in Hawaii uh, with your feet up a little bit. So be good talking to him. Obviously talking to him because the Breakers on the verge of uh, going back to the grand final, which would be pretty special turnaround, wouldn't it? Yeah, mate, it'd be massive. Uh, Modi Mayor, man, what a what a job he has done with that team. And then of course, Beave, you've managed to, to swing it too for us, and you've pulled in uh, possibly the biggest get of the show. Uh, one Jacob Scott live from the cricket. Yeah, and for those of you that didn't realise that producer Jacob's last name was Jacob Scott, it is Jacob Scott, and he has taken time off work uh, to go and engross himself in the England Black Caps test match, but uh, still has the time to give us a feel for it. So we're going to go live into the Bay Oval and, uh, and get uh, Jacob's Jacob's take on things. Um, he's told me he's he's rubbing shoulders with uh, the who's who uh, at yeah. the moment, and that includes the great Brennan Popple. Yeah. So oh wow! Yeah, he's, he's pops down there. He's just rubbed shoulders with B pop, so that's why that's why we probably haven't got B BP on the show today. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so no, looking forward to that. I've never been to a Bowie Oval for a game of cricket. Uh, it looks fantastic. It does. Look, yeah, I, I lived down there for a while in the mid nineties, but that was pre pre Bay Oval. Yeah, pre Bay Oval. So yeah, I've never been down there, but it is a great place to uh, been to a few brews, blues, and barbecues at the same place, mate. Yes, is that the same joint? Is it? Yeah, it's the same place. Just yeah. over the back. Over the back. Yeah, there, mate, no, yeah. I've been to a, been a gig there too. I've, I actually haven't ruled out getting down there. Uh, oh really? If, if the test goes a few days, obviously. If, I've got this bloody wedding uh, of one of our co-workers uh, over the weekend, but uh, if it's a if it's a day five, yeah. I've circled that as maybe a trip to the trip to the mount. Yeah, I, I wonder where my my invite went. 
haven't, oh. it's not on the, I haven't, I checked, I've been checking the post. It's remarkable how often you got to check to get into these invites these days, but uh, <laughs> yes. She was actually quite, uh, she was quite uh, sneaky on me. I didn't realise she wasn't working today. And oh. uh, so yesterday on her sign off when she said, oh, I'll see you all in a week sort of thing, I was thinking, oh, hang on, you're not, you're not in tomorrow, because I had big plans to really put her under the, uh, under the spotlight, yeah, and uh, you know, question what sort of bridezilla she's been, whether she's um, whether GT's having second thoughts, you know, all this sort of stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, unfortunately, I won't get that opportunity. Maybe we should just ring GT, put yeah. him on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we should just do that. Anyway, that's your, that's your Macca's menu. You can get your Macca's favourites delivered with Mick Delivery. Mick Delivery delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Um, and uh, that's what we've got coming up on the showcase. You, kids, you're looking at me like I've missed something. What have I missed? What have I done? So I haven't been in the seat for a Sorry, while. Sorry, Rick. Now, last no. time we did a show, it was Valentine's Day. I th- just think I'm still getting over that. Rick. Oh, yeah, you think yeah. it's the love in my eyes. Yeah. No, no, I just thought we'd, uh, we'd riff into some headlines, Rick. Oh, mate, let's do it. Let's get into some headlines. Have you got an intro or something? Or? No, 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 no. Right, we just okay, freeload it. I just thought, uh, you know what? With, uh, Very light we've, on production, the show. <laughs> oh, thanks, Rick. That's, uh, that's my job gone tomorrow. Uh, I just thought uh, during uh, the, four, the four o'clock, people want to know what's been going on, Rick. So uh, I've jotted some things down. Bit of mm. audio there for you as well. If we, you and Beef just want to have a quick discussion, get your opinions. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, well we should start with the cricket then, Beef, because uh, Bay Oval, we talked about it. The, uh, uh, they've gone to what would be lunch, 134 for two, the Poms, after 23 overs. They've got to be pretty happy with their work because I think there's probably a little bit of a mystery what this pitch was going to do. Um, no, it's exciting. I think that they've they've been great for Test cricket. They've um, the way that they've played, the style they've played has been been great to watch. Um, obviously, we had a had a series against them in, in the UK, which uh, which um, yeah obviously didn't go away. But I think what they've done done for Test cricket, the, way, the style they've played is is um, has been brilliant to watch from afar. But we've um, yeah, we've got a few new faces in our in our side to, to what we've had. We're pretty consistent test side there for for a long period of time. So um, yeah, we've got a, a way in which we play, and um, and and we play. We have played a lot of success in these conditions over the years. Yeah, there you go. That's actually Tim Southey talking about uh, about things. But Beef, um, yeah, you, you get the Bay Oval. You've had all this rain. I mean, even the uh, I think his name's Jared Carter, the groundsman, was you know saying they'd never had to deal with anything like this. So it was going to be a bit of a mystery, wasn't it? I mean, if you win the toss there, you, you're expecting a bit of juice? You would have thought so. Does this now all of a sudden, considering the lead-up we've always, does this all of a sudden sort of cast our minds back to the previous test match between these two teams mm-hmm. there, and even the Bangladesh one where it would turn into a bit of a road and it was a run-fest? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The Boval actually hasn't been that kind to the Black Caps the last couple of times. No, all, all fast bowlers. All fast bowlers, <laughs> for that matter. No, you're right. Uh, of course, um, uh, Baz is coaching this England team as well, and uh, he was on the No Boundaries show on Sky last night with Mike Hessen in a one-on-one chat, and he, he got asked about uh, his decision to retire. He obviously hasn't listened to the great man Beave about you just never retire. You, you never retire because the phone can go at any time, but this is what Baz had to say about making that decision. I remember the, the conversation quite vividly as well, I think. I think if we kind of go back a few steps, that, as you're well aware, my style of leadership was quite consuming and I sort of knew that I wouldn't be doing it for a long period of time. I'd sort of pour my heart and soul into it and really immerse myself in not just the environment but also the, the guys within the team's lives as well and, and really sort of invest in it. So I knew that it was it was never going to be a long um, run at it. Um, so I sort of was always slightly aware that at some stage there'd be a time which... It had kind of hit me that 
that there might be the team would need a different direction and and I think you know I I think I got the timing makes it quite quite good in the end I think because not only was I kind of running out of steam as well um, but also I think the team was ready for a different direction which was Kane and and you know what we've seen from the New Zealand team since uh, I left is is that layer of consistency come about and that's you know very much in Kane's leadership model and and the guys around him and I think they all grew um, when uh, when Kane took over so I thought it was, I thought it was a pretty good decision actually. Yeah, so there's uh, Baz talking about his decision to retire. That's from Sky's No Boundaries show last night with Mike Hesson. Uh, any any thoughts on when you you might actually pull <laughs> I've pulled Finn, mate. I can assure you of that. I just make fleeting visits to these little uh, uh, larks. Yeah. I'd say yeah. these larks that I go on at the moment. But no, I've well and truly pulled Finn. Unless you're a Japanese club, it's got a short term contract <laughs> uh, with millions of dollars in it. Yeah. I'm, no pro- I'm available. Exactly. Uh, Toyota, are you listening? Yeah. Toyota, <laughs> yeah. come on. Toyota, Suntory, Coca-Cola, any of you. Any Kobe Steelers, come yeah, on. Any you of know, you. What do you need? What do you need? <laughs> um, and last night as well, mate, it was the uh, uh, the Halberg Awards and uh, Zoe Sadowski Senate. Yes, um, absolute superstar on the on the slopes. Uh, she won the Supreme Award, but uh, people aren't talking so much about that as they are about this. On behalf of Zoe, I I I, I would just like to say, what the. F- <laughs> she she did say to us about three or four weeks ago, what. The if I'm not going to win it this year, it's I'm never going to win it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean he's I, I understand, mate. He's he's excited. He's proud of his daughter. He's uh, I I just I, I, just a little bit of a pity that that's kind of taken away from her winning the whole thing. <laughs> as people are talking about the old man's speech. Well, he's fam- he's famous for it, didn't he? Mm. They crossed to him uh, live in Queenstown, I think, or Wanaka when when she won it. Um, so. Uh, actually it went a little bit something like this the only thing i looked for was uh Alume's reaction right she was crazy she just went off the roof how proud are you right now your daughter's just become the first kiwi to win a winter gold ever i'm pretty excited to be honest yeah he actually he sounded less uh Less like he'd been celebrating last night, shall we say, than he did on that clip, Beef. Uh, look, I'm not going to come in. He's he's not a trained... Uh, he's he's not paid to be anyone. Mm. Uh, he's just being himself. Uh, the Halberg, I didn't watch the thing because we were at Power Was Out, but I'm presuming that would have been at probably about 10.30ish that the Supreme Award was given out, mm-hmm. and that's when he had to go back up and make a speech. He's probably been uh, well and truly on the diesel since... Late afternoon, um, so no, your daughter's done an outstanding thing. You're proud as buggery, and uh, you've been piling into the free grog at the Halberg. So look, oh, I, I, I get it that people have come a little bit about it, but then I don't. I don't. I mean, it's his daughter. He's proud as punch, and she is an historic Kiwi now, like mm. the first Winter Olympic gold medal. Um, so no, lay off him. He's. He was he was there a very proud dad. Yeah, very proud dad indeed, mate. And um, 
Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I agree with you. I, think, I don't think you can pile on to him too much, mate. Um, so we'll, we'll let it. We'll I mean, it's, not, it's not like he's the mayor of Auckland or anything no, like exactly, that. Exactly. You know, exactly. You know. Who is the mayor of Auckland? Well, I don't know. He's a drongo, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed that, mate. You nailed that. Hey, I was thinking, because we're talking cricket today, you know, yes. we've got the first day of the test on, and I was thinking, I like, I like to get a bit, of, bit of discussion on, a bit of thought on this, a bit of, you know, sit around the pub with your mates mm. and, and have this conversation. But if you had to pick one bowler, from New Zealand cricket history to bowling over to save your life. Yep. Who are you taking? Well, I'm not old enough to appreciate the brilliance of Sir Richard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, there's only one, and that's Bondi. Um, too short. We didn't have him for long enough. Yeah. Um, but Shane Bond, an absolute pig of his powers. I'm thinking 03 World Cup when he, I mean, he bowled a, a, a spell against Aussie. Wasn't quite a spell because they took him off, and obviously a lot of criticism the way it ended, whether they should have taken him off. But he ended up with figures of six for twenty three, and he had that superstar Australian lineup on absolute toast. And uh, they had them for like eighty for seven, and Bond there just absolutely ripped the shoes. But I think Flem's held him back. He got four or so in this first sort of five or six, and he held him back. And obviously the criticism of it post game was bowl him out and absolutely take them to shreds. But Bondy. In full cry, uh, certainly in my lifetime, if it was all all on the line, it'd yep. be he would be the man I'd throw the ball to. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a solid shout. I remember that actually. Remember that, mate. He was unplayable. That and obviously that World Series it was them in Africa, Aussie in Africa, I think, in Aussie, and they knocked. There was no, it never gets done where Aussie was knocked out of the three team <laughs> three team World Series, uh, and they missed the final. But uh, that year it was, and again. I mean, he ended careers like Damien Martin, some of the walls, I think, were pretty much cut from there. I think he ended the World Series, mate. After that, the Aussie <laughs> yeah. broadcasters went, we can't do this again. We can't have not, not, not have our team in the final. It was, and it was brilliant captaincy because remember they used to have, like for, for, for Martin, they had that short short cover that was just not done at the time and mm. they kept getting him and the short gully and things like that. But, yeah, Bondi and Full Cry would be uh, the one I'd go to. All right. Well, I'm keen to hear from you. Double eight, double three. That is the temper bed post text machine. Double eight, double three. One bowler from New Zealand history uh, that you'd have bowling over for your life. Who would it be? Double eight, double three. Let us know. This is The Run Home with Rick and Beeve on SCNZ at 18 past four. Four twenty-four here on SENZ. You can call us anytime on the Makita phone line 0800 150811 or give us a text on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Now, Beef, uh, before the break, I asked you uh, who, which, which Kiwi bowler from history would you have bowling over for your life? You said Bondi. Uh, yes. We had a few come through on the Temper Bedpost uh, text machine as well. Yeah, Brad. He's uh, he's gone the goat, Chris Martin. Fair, fair play too. Yeah. Chris Martin famously, famously, did he used to ride his bike to? Yeah. Uh, yes, didn't it, did he not have a driver's license? Is that I story? don't know if he didn't have a driver's license, but he just liked to bike around. Yes. I think he's quite green. I think he's quite green, Chris Martin. I've actually played a uh, social. 
T20 game of Chris Martin down in Wellington. Oh, yeah. How, were you, were you, did you have to face him or were you on the no, same, same team? No, same team. Oh, okay. How did, how did he go? Yeah, good. <laughs> One, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful character, actually. And uh, seeing seeing him coming off his run-up, oh, smooth. He, he, he basically, it almost like he floated across the grass, eh? It was like, um, you know, when you do, oh, I don't know if you've done much from Ricardo, but like speed drills. <laughs> no, uh, none. <laughs> no speed. <laughs> it was like he was literally doing I was speed drills. comfort beat, me. It was like he was doing speed drills on the track. That's yeah. how perfect his run-up was looked when you were alive. It was, it was uh, a thing of real beauty. Uh, someone's challenged me on uh, the Bond um, spell that I was talking about mm. in the World Cup. Now, Blake, I you got me worried there. I went back and I had a look. He he had two spells. He did have two. So, so he did have two spells there, Blake. So uh, probably both of us not quite there. Um, but yeah, uh, Fleming bowled him out. I think he definitely bowled him out probably prior to the death. They yeah. had them at eighty for seven. They. Went on to get something silly. Yeah. Uh, Chris, again, Bond, uh, remembers a T20 game against the Windies. Uh, tied game back then was settled by a bowl-off. Bond was the only guy that could hit the stumps. Remember that's how yeah. they used to settle? I do, and I also remember thinking they were kept missing the stumps. I was like, how can these guys as international bowlers not hit the stumps when there's no batsmen standing in front of them? This was pre that horrible word of super over, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the old... The old bowl off. Oh, mate, yeah, that was uh, that was gnarly. Uh, but keep them coming through. Double eight, double three uh, is the temper bedpost text machine. Who would you have bowling over for your life? Or the Makita phone line 0800 Tell you, I, I know it's probably quite predictable, but I'm going to have to say uh, it's Paddles, Sir Richard Hadley. Yep. Um, with the caveat that he doesn't have Australian umpires. Um, <laughs> because I remember on that tour when we, we absolutely uh, smashed Aussie in Brisbane and he took a, he took nine for 52, I think, in Brisbane and won innings against the Aussies and, and was great. We played them again on the third test. I've, I've got a feeling it was a Bris, uh, in Melbourne, but I can't, I can't remember. And he had we needed one wicket to win the test. He had Michael Whitney, absolute plum, LBW, back leg in front of middle stump, Aussie umpire didn't give it. Was like these days, it would be there'd be no question. I remember growing up and watching those games in the were over, and we were we were always heavily outmatched, mm. and obviously just after sort of Hadley's prime, and uh, we'd go there with you'd almost turn a water pistol to a gunfight. But <laughs> when we would have our days, yeah, uh, is it Daryl here? Yeah, he was the biggest one of all, wasn't he? The yeah. biggest cheat. Yeah, um, <laughs> you said it. You would get, but Kiwis would get like the superstars, your batsman, yeah. halfway up his shin in front of middle stump, and he'd sort of wave it down leg, going down, down leg. Daryl oh, here. Unless you were bold, I reckon uh, he'd find a way. He'd find a way to keep them yeah. out. Well, remember there was, there's been a few instances actually, and I know this is slightly off topic, but there's been a few instances over there with Aussie umpires where there were all sorts of things that went on that got given. Greg Dyer uh, caught, I can't remember who it was, but caught somebody down leg side, and a replay showed that he never caught the ball. Like you know, <laughs> he, he grasped it, but he claimed the catch and they gave it. Uh, and then there was somebody was a uh, was it Healy? Might have been Ian Healy that. Um, took the bales off without the ball on his glove and cl- claimed a stumping or a run out as well. So there's been plenty of those. The Aussies, the Aussies don't mind how they win, do they? No, certainly back in those days when there was no real way to come back on them. No. Uh, 
exactly, exactly. We should give you an update from the cricket anyway because they are back. 135 for two uh, is where the Poms are. Ollie Pope, 31. Joe Root, 9. Uh, and it's uh, been a bit ugly in terms of the bowling school card. Uh, Tim Southey, 1 for 32 off 6. So he's going at 5.33. Uh, Wags is none for 36 off 5.2. So he's going at 6.75. Blair Tickner, 1 for 41 off 8. Uh, he he's he's looking pretty economical, only going for five point one two. Just just to tell you where their headspace is at, and yep. probably now where Wags' headspace is at. Joe Root, who's only on nine, uh, just reverse swept him off a half volley on middle stump over the slip cordon for four. <laughs> you could imagine the response from our great Neil Wagner. <laughs> yeah, he is absolutely juiced now, and I'd say the next one, if you're a betting man, is a dollar oh one to be around the chin. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. And there was words exchanged, and uh, oh, I'm excited now because <laughs> the audacity of this guy, Joe Root, to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no, he's, he's bowled him a wide one down leg. Okay, all right. Wags is, I mean, Wags isn't the quickest bowler going around, but he's also not a spinner. No. And uh, to reverse sweep him over the slip cordon, it just shows... Baz has obviously said to them this week, now let's take this whole Baz ball to a new level, try and pull off the most outrageous shot you can. Yeah. And uh, we've done it. We've done it. And uh, oh. I think it could be a long day or a long five days, actually. Must be a great deck. That's all I'm saying. It's a great deck. <laughs> great deck. Great deck indeed. This is the run home with Rick and Beef. Thanks to Mick Delivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone Stability. Meets the freedom to move. Time for the latest in news and sport. When we get the other side of that, the great Sam Winelock joins us on the blower. It's 28 away from five here on the run home with Rick and Beeve. And uh, still to come this hour, we're going to catch up with Pip Morris from the tab. Keep your texts coming through too. Double eight, double three. If you had to pick one Black Caps bowler from history to bowl an over for your life, who would it be? Blackie is listening in Perth. He reckons if it's line and length to save my life, then it's got to be Chats, you and Chatfield. Not Gavin Larson. Not Gavin Larson, the dibbly dibbly dobblies. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, uh, Sam Whitelock might have uh, a take on this. Uh, He's joining us uh, from uh, Crusaders preseason. G'day, Sam. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. That's the story, mate. Yeah, I don't know if you've been following the cricket, mate, but uh, I'll tell you what, Blair Ticknell is sporting a pretty good Ewan Chatfield lookalike. He's got the mo, he's got the hairdo, and he's just taking a wicket. Oh, how good. You can't uh, complain with that. Good mo, good man. Good mo, good man indeed. Um, mate, how are you feeling? How's the body feeling in, in, in pre-season? Yeah, really good. I thought you were going to ask me a cricket question then, and I was just about to say that uh, I tried that once and uh, couldn't bat, couldn't bowl, but I feel <laughs> uh, it made it a pretty pretty tough little uh, sporting event if you're just in the field all day, so it didn't last too long. But to answer your question, I'm feeling really good, really excited for the season. It's not too far away now. Sammy, obviously you're at the end of pre-season now. What does off-season look like for you now? Is that just uh, get back from an interview too and say, here's the kids, or do you be able to get away and do some stuff? Yeah, it's uh, a little bit kid-heavy at the moment. <laughs> I'm, as we speak, sitting on the, a chair behind my youngest daughter, who's one and a half, just pushing on the swing to keep her nice and quiet. So if you hear a bit of squealing in the background, you know why. <laughs> And, mate, obviously, pre-season, almost done and dusted. Uh, Crusaders-wise, uh, always throw up a, a few new faces that have 
sort of come out of the NPC and then bolt into Crusader contention? Anyone in particular impressed you so far? Yeah, there's a lot of young guys that have come in and um, just got stuck in, which is great. Um, obviously, looking at all the, the tight forwards, uh, looking at the locks, we've got um, a pretty settled group, but uh, Jamie Hannon is probably the, a new one that's been hanging around and uh, very similar to myself, you know, sitting there every day, eating a whole lot of food, <laughs> trying to put on weight as a, a 20, 21-year-old. So I look at him and just go, oh, I know you, I know what you're going through. It's, it's pretty hard to do all that, but he's playing really well, played really well last week, so um, he'll have a big future. Yeah, mate. Uh, another guy that you've got uh, back in the mix who, who missed a lot of last season, unfortunately, is Ethan Blackett. How's he, has he trained in the house down? <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh, Typical Ethan, he's um, been going hard the whole time. A few people actually had to say to him, look, just, you know, it's great you're training hard, but just remember you've got to play the whole season. We don't want you to go hurt yourself. So he's um, ready to go. So I'm sure we'll see him pretty early on in the comp and I'm sure he'll play well because he's been training really, really well. Well, I guess it just shows where you guys are at that you won last year and Blackadder and uh, Joe Moody obviously uh, one of the best props going around in world rugby comes back into the squad this year. Obviously, great to have that sort of depth just all of a sudden pile back in. Yeah, Moods um, obviously had his injury last year and was a little bit gutted with the way it happened. But um, from all accounts, his rehab and stuff, he was you know further down the road than they thought he would be. So he's actually got some good rugby under him. Um, played a little bit of internal, played last week. So he's uh, pretty excited just to get out there and play some rugby, you know. There's nothing worse than being on the sidelines when you're injured. A question uh, that I, I like to ask guys, uh, I, I asked Beav this as well, actually, uh, before, but um, in terms of pre-season, is it something, you know, that you you look forward to or is it something you're like, oh, God, because there's a lot of running? I mean, what are the best bits and the worst bits about pre-season? Um, yeah, I, I think sometimes the hardest one is that first run. The first, okay, yep. Christmas pudding's long time gone, um, and they're old. Oh, you're this going to hurt a bit, but I think it's something you, you learn to pick up a few tricks, and you go, okay, right, this is going to help me in the long run. So, is it actually just eating a little bit cleaner during the weeks leading up to Christmas, so then you can really, you know, have a good time, enjoy it, and then you know you're actually in a pretty good spot rather than eating terrible the whole way through, and then you go, oh, Christmas pudding, this is even better, and then. Yeah, a long way behind the ball game from the start. So just some things like that definitely make it make it easier. But um, I do reckon it is good when you get that first competition game in. You go right, this is uh, it's all something now. There's, there's points on the line, and um, you get into it. So the end of it's always nice as well. Yeah, is, is there anybody that uh, that always turns up a couple of kegs uh, a couple of kegs heavier than they should? <laughs> uh, I'm sure you guys can think of a couple, but I'm not going to name and shame. Uh, <laughs> But uh, everyone has their challenges, we'll say. Some people show up a little bit light. Some people show up a little bit heavy. Um, different body types, we'll say. Probably when Sammy started out too, Ricardo, and yeah. certainly when I started, uh, there's a thing called the Fat Club. But obviously in the world we live in today, you probably can't have that sort of an existence. Uh, it's, it's now called the Extras Group. The Extras Group, yeah, yeah. What's that? I'm not overweight, I'm under tall. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I'm going to run with that, actually, but... Just a wee bit, mate. Just a wee bit. You've been uh, named in the first half team for the game against the Canes this weekend. What's uh, what's it like from a mental point of view? Getting uh, prepping yourself for a game when you know you're only going to play forty. Yeah, it's um, it's just one of those ones. You know, obviously big squads for for every super side that's playing this weekend or this Friday. 
Um, so you just know, right, I've got 40 minutes, uh, get stuck in, and, you know, actually, this sounds bad, but selfishly, sometimes you look at it yourself and go, okay, I need to run here, so I'm just going to work really hard, really early. Um, and, you know, there's always going to be that time when you're blowing, as you know, Beef, doesn't matter how much training you do, as soon as it's game, it's, it's different, so... Um, I'm sure I'll be sucking in the big ones at some stage. Yeah, as soon as I introduce contact, she's a different world uh, <laughs> as far as the running goes. But, uh, mate, before we let you go, obviously it's much talked about that it's raises last year and with all these Netflix docos going on, has there been any chat or is there a film crew following you boys around this year doing the Crusaders' last dance? <laughs> no, I'd, I'd love to be, uh, you know, as good as Jordan and have all that hype. <laughs> there is potentially something in the pipeline, but... I'm sure that'll get announced when it needs to, but um, it, it's one of those ones like every year's a, a massive year. It doesn't matter who you are, whether it's your first year, your last year, you know, your middle years or whatever. So I'm sure every team, no matter what they're playing for, will go out there. And um, this competition is going to be massive this year. I just think every year it has a different element. And obviously, being a World Cup year, people want to go out there and play well, being around selection, people potentially. Um, you know, having their last last games, last seasons with certain teams. So um, there's going to be a lot to play for for a lot of people this year. There will be. Uh, we had a, have actually had a text through uh, from uh, Michael Holdsworth, who's a, he's a bit of a Wellington fan, so he'll probably be barracking against you this weekend, mate. But he, he, he did want to ask you what you think of the new law innovations for this year, because, of course, um, you, you, they're speeding up the scrums, they're speeding up the line-outs, no huddles before line-outs and things, which, of course, the big men like to, like to get their gas, uh, their, some air in the tank. Uh, what do you make of those? Yeah, I've had a bit of a look at them. I haven't really sat down and thought how it's going to influence me. Obviously, the the kicking at goal, I think I've kicked the ball once in my professional career. <laughs> Even severe, called a little grubber. I, I kind of blacked out from it and kicked it in Africa. <laughs> it didn't didn't quite come off. But um, so that one for a start, I don't need to worry too much about. <laughs> um, obviously, the set piece stuff. I think as Kiwis, we're actually pretty quick around all of this stuff. So I think it might actually have less of an impact um, than people actually. Are probably thinking at the moment. Yeah, you're just going. Oh, I wish we were playing the playing the Saffirs with these rules because that that might make a difference. Oh, I just think it's going to speed everything up, and you know, I'm guessing what they're trying to do is make the game more attractive and potentially have a few defences a little bit tired, so there's a few more points scored and a few more tries. So yeah. yeah. Good stuff, Sam. Hey, listen, mate. Thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it, bud. Uh, we'll let you get out of the swing and onto the seesaw, eh? Yeah, that sounds really good. Good stuff, yeah. mate. Good luck and have a great season. Sam Whitelock there with us out of the Crusaders. It is 19 away from 5 o'clock here on the run home with Rick and B. When we come back, Pip Morris from the tab. This is SENZ. It is uh, the, oh, the run home. We've got a wicket. We've got a wicket. Beef, we've got a wicket, we've got two wickets. Let's go on, talk us through it. Well, how dare you reverse sweep Wagner twice? And Wags <laughs> is feeding it to him. He's tried to reverse sweep him and he's reverse sweeped it straight to second slip, I think. 
Joe Root, you are gone. How dare you? That's 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 what happens. You cannot reverse Wagner. No, you cannot. He's he's <laughs> taken that personally. That was good actually because it looked like it was going wide and then it really straightened, Off. didn't it? Oh, Mitchell has taken a screamer. Yeah, Daryl Mitchell was taking. And we must have missed one. Well, I missed one. We did. Salvi got another one. Salvi got another one. In the break, Salvi right. got another one. So here you go. The Poms We're are back. One. We're back. <laughs> We're back in at one fifty-four for four. Off you um, go, Root. How dare you reverse <laughs> Sweet Wagner? Get out of here. Uh, Ollie Pope out for 42, uh, caught Latham Bold Southie. Joe Root out for 14, uh, caught Mitchell Bold Wagner. As you just heard from uh, the, the run home's very own uh, Richie Benno Beaver. Um, <laughs> well done, mate. And, and Tamashi in the Hawks Bay. Uh, yeah, no, the way you listen to Test Cricket uh, is you just tune in the run home. We'll keep you updated. Now, Pip from the TAB is uh, with us. Um, you can uh, bet live on the TAB, your favourite apps, uh, your favourite sports. Just download the TAB app today. Pip, has there been much change in the market now with this, this fall of wickets? Good afternoon, team. It certainly has been. It was. England backed into 158, where we had a significant bet placed on them too. They went out to 185, and now they're up to $2.11, with New Zealand coming into three. So it's flipped all the time. That is outstanding. Ben Stokes coming to the uh, coming to the wicket now, um, uh, the, the English captain. So that is uh, yeah, a couple of new new batsmen there. One on none and one on two at the moment is the way things sit, Pip. Um, now we've got a, a big weekend of course of sport coming our way, and uh, you could almost argue that the weekend gets underway tonight with the Breakers in Tasmania. Oh, absolutely, and, and on that game too, 85% of the bets Ricardo head-to-head are on the breakers. There's been $1,000 put on them at $1.80, another 500 on them at that quote as well, and a really nice popular power play is New Zealand breakers win by five points or more at 250 1000 on the breakers, 1-10, to 10, the winning team in margin at 270 and there's some good boosted odds too if you want to check those out on the website, tab.co.nz. They come up on the home page. Uh, just one of them. You can get Brown during the 20 or more points and the Breakers win at $5 boosted if you want to play it that way. And I heard you talking about the football earlier on too, Ricardo. New Zealand up against Portugal. New Zealand win or draw and get three or more goals in the matches boosted at four fifty. Well, that is uh, that is good odds uh, in the at Waikato Stadium tomorrow night. What else is uh, big for you, Pip, this, uh, coming up this weekend? We've got the racing, of course, um, another Group 2 feature out of Pukakoli, the Avondale Cup. We're looking forward to that. Where we see Dionysus come up against Contemplation and Dee Falls. And, of course, we've got the Guineas to look forward to. Waikak's back in there on a derby path and a couple of other uh, derby contenders. We'll have bonus back blitz across the four main meetings on the first four races. And as we speak to, I'm just uh, getting information that a really popular power play with the cricket uh, first innings, any three of Tom Latham, Devin Conway, Kane Williamson and Daryl Mitchell to score 30 or more runs has been very, very popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's what's that paying? Sorry, did you say? It is one... I haven't come up, actually. Oh, mate, put, put you on the spot. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. But... Uh... <laughs> No, that that I mean, because it does look like it's a bit of a road, doesn't it, Beef? It's flattening out. It's uh, it's a good bet. To be fair, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Like it big time. We'll, we'll try and find that and get you a a price on that as well, Pip. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Um, we'll talk to you again soon, eh? Yes, sounds good, Ricardo. I'll catch you guys tomorrow. Yeah, indeed, you will. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Please gamble responsibly. One fifty-five for four is the score in the cricket at the moment, and uh, different game. Yeah, it's different it's game changed, now, isn't it?
has it has changed. Hey, uh, I, I just want to get this out there too. Just been handed this uh, New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing Dunstan Horse Feeds and New Zealand Thoroughbred uh, Breeders Association. Um, the thoroughbred racing industry are looking to provide some immediate relief to those in need via a partnership between NZTR Dunstan Horse Feeds and the New Zealand TBA. Uh, the partnership with Dunstan Horse Feeds, administered locally, will deliver feed to the Hawke's Bay region and be dispersed amongst those with equine requirements. Will trainers and breeders based in the region will be the first beneficiaries. They're also going to open it up to the wider equine community. The amount of feed provided will depend on donations made. So visit racing, loveracing.nz's website for details on how you can assist with donations. NZTR are allocating 50 grand to the cause off the bat. That's a good way to start. Donations accepted right up until midday Friday, the 24th of February, at which time funds will be transferred to Dunstan as well. So uh, it's a good way to give back and look after the, the people of, of the Hawke's Bay and the horses of the Hawke's Bay as well. We are eight away from five here on The Run Home. This is how Beaver sees it. Well, Ricardo, the word procrastination has negative context for a lot of people, but for me, it just means you're a busy man. And today, I mentioned to the wife that I would actually go out and dig the rest of those trenches at home uh, that had been three quarters done uh, for about six months. And I finally decided today was the day I was going to finish it because I know that this is probably as soft as the soil was going to be uh, for the next three months. When I mentioned it to a wife that I would actually go out and do that before I get on my way to work, she said, I was wondering when this would get completed. As I, as I say, procrastination is a negative word, but for some of us, it just means we are very, very busy. S-E-N-Z. Uh, I like it, Beef. I like it. You know, what that is... And some people fail to appreciate this. That is wisdom. Mm. You you have looked at what nature's dished up and gone, how can this help me? <laughs> well, well, to be fair, six months ago, uh, when I should have finished the job, I didn't because it was one of those days where you got most of it done. And then I was like, okay, I'm done now, um, <laughs> just mentally. And then November kicks in, December mm. kicks in, and all of a sudden that that – that turf, that ground starts to resemble a pitch out of Bombay um, and not Bombay uh, <laughs> counties, Bombay, uh, India. I thought, I'm not putting my spade into that. No. So I was just going to leave it until about May, uh, yeah. June. Uh, so it's, it makes you ahead of time. You are. So the wife should be grateful, I thought. Um, so, yeah, I finished that job today. So, you know, sometimes when you finish a job that had been lingering over you every time you walk past it, Um Give you spring in your step today, yeah, actually. That's good, mate. Yeah. I think that's what they call your, your, you know, the project's ahead of where we thought it would be at this time. <laughs> well, it's certainly where I, ahead of where I was. <laughs> certainly behind the wife foot, it might have been. Uh, that is outstanding. Uh, I love a, a beaver sees it, and uh, yeah, wise words, wise words. Uh, we have had a text through going, um, asking us if we can read out the two test teams. That are, that, are, that are playing today. Um, do you want to do this, Beaver, or shall I do it? I actually don't have it, so I better leave this one to you. All right, mate. Well, here we go. Uh, this is uh, the English team. Is Zach Crawley, Ben Duckett, Ollie Pope, Joe Root, Harry Brook, Ben Stokes, uh, that, and those are the guys that are at the uh, at the crease at the moment. Still to come, Ben Folks, not to be confused with Ben Stokes, Ollie Robinson, Jack Leach, and Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson. For New Zealand, it's Tom Latham, 
Devin Conway, Kane Williamson, Henry Nichols, Daryl Mitchell, Tom Blundell, Michael Bracewell, Scott Kugeline, Tim Southey, Neil Wagner and Blair Tickner. There is the teams for you, Charlie. Thanks very much for your text, double eight double three. If you need anything else, we will keep you up to date with the cricket as it rolls on right throughout the afternoon. Coming up shortly, though, your chance to win a $50 TAB bonus bet with Drive to Survive. It is four past five here on the run home with Rick and Beave. 167 for four, the score from the cricket. And actually just on that, uh, Pip gave us that bet before Beave. Um, but she, then she couldn't find the price of it. But it, here's what it is. It's a power play. Any three of Tom Latham, Devin Conway, Kane Williamson and Daryl Mitchell. So any three of them to score 30 plus runs uh, for the Black Caps in their first innings, paying 375 at the tab. And the way this is starting to play out, mm. uh, not only do we need them all to get 30, <laughs> but it's looking likely because I guess it's not the pitch we imagined. But uh, at the start of the show, Ricardo, you asked me who out of the New Zealand bowlers of all time would I want to bowl an over to save my life? This is on the back of probably us looking a little bit like we needed one of them out there mm. when we were uh, chasing our tails a little bit earlier on the day. We're certainly out now. But I went Bondi, you went uh, Sir Richard. Yes. Uh, a couple of great texts coming in here. And who can never forget, Ted's just texted and said, bowling for my life, if I don't want to concede a run, it'd be Chris Pringle. If I need wickets, Shane Bond. Who was that famous over against where they needed one to win and he bowled a maiden? Oh, and he bowled about... Um, he bowled six different balls. He was like one of the pioneers of the uh, the slower ball and, and all the different variations of how to hold it in that, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Um, it was against, I think it was against England. I want to say England, actually. Yeah. I'm sure Ted will let you know because he's uh, he's referencing uh, that one too. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously Michael's text in. Of course, the Black Ferns were awarded uh, Team of the Year and uh, favourite sporting moment, the final line-out, of course, yes. Obviously, the Halbergs on last night and uh, obviously some wonderfully deserving winners there. And I guess a, a year that uh, in some ways will never be forgotten when you think about the, the first Winter Olympic gold medals mm. and, of course, the, uh, the Team of the Year magical moment there at Eden Park. And, and Wayne Smith, the coach of the year too, for turning that team around. I mean, remember, yes. remember that end of season two we got pantsed by England and France? Yes. And I think everybody was pretty much like, there's no way we're winning this World Cup. Yes. Yeah, and he t- turned it around and what happened? Yeah, they invested heavily in it when you look at the coaching lineup that they had, that's for sure. Yeah, they were all right, uh, weren't they? Yeah, they've been there, done that, you could say. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, now, uh, Drive to Survive, 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. Give us a call if you want to play. $50 TAB bonus be up for grabs. Uh, we should have a look at what's coming up to the Macca's menu. Well, obviously, Drive to Survive, not too far away. Uh, we are also going to catch up with our very own Jacob Scott, who's at the cricket, uh, producer Jacob. Uh, we're going to get probably a slightly more more analytical eye on it after 6 o'clock with Peter Fulton 
as well. And we're going to talk some NBL with Cam Luke from Croc Media uh, and SEN. He not only is a, a, is an NBA and NBL basketball freak, uh, he's going to talk to us about the NBL finals, but he's been on a great trip. Uh, we'll tell you all about that. He saw LeBron's record, he hit the Super Bowl, and he's currently in Hawaii, living his best life. So Cam Luke's going to join us before seven as well. That is the Macca's menu for you, McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. But now it is time for... This is Drive to Survive. It is Drive to Survive, Ricardo, and it's the sort of time of the week where you wouldn't mind picking up a bit of an injection into your uh, TAB account. I know I certainly wouldn't mind. I've I've been been quite bit bit heavy as far as this um, first test match goes. I've got about five power plays um, on the go at the moment, and one that I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here quite happy with. Um, and uh, that's because we have uh, Tim Salvey. He needs to get three wickets for me, and so did two to James Anderson. And, <laughs> and I'm laughing. So Tim's only one away from keeping up his part of the deal. Um, and then I just need Anderson to get three for 150. So uh, maybe maybe nice. and do day, day two, day three. <laughs> yeah. um, I can let him have some fun with the pink ball under the lights, but I also want him to concede plenty. <laughs> but uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's get into it. And we will start in Christchurch. We have Tim on the line. Tim, how are you, mate? Very good, thanks, boys. What's going on? Oh, well, watching a bit of a revival from the Black Caps yourself. Uh, just driving home from work with my wee girl. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope Daddy wins. Let's hope Daddy wins. We'll get him started now. I actually got now. on that uh, power play with the, uh, the game to finish on day three, which I think is looking pretty pretty healthy. You, you still think we're a chance there? I've gone on that. I think that'll, you know, we, we, we could capitulate pretty easily. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're looking at it from the negative point of view. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we've got we've got safety money there at twelve dollars. Yes, I, I am in on that. I must I must concede. Is there a negative point of view if you're going to win the bet? Uh, I, I want it to. I want it to happen if the Black Caps uh, are winning it after day three. Anyway, we'll get started here. Let one question one with Tim from Christchurch with daughter in tow. Who won the Supreme Award at last night's Halberg Awards? Um, that would be Zoe Sadowski Senate. Correct. We are up and running as we charge towards 50 from our great mates at the TAB, who is currently top of the English Premier League. Uh, Arsenal. This is the worst start for a Grand Prix that I have ever seen. Tim, and Tim is a football Ooh. connoisseur too. Yeah. He, he'll be kicking himself with that. Uh, uh, maybe if you tried, he'll miss, well, given, given how we went there. Well, he knows better. He knows better. We now stay in Christchurch and we're with James. James, how are you, mate? G'day, mate. Good. Tell me, mate, who is the currently atop of the English Premier League table? Oh, mate, I've got no idea. I'll throw out Leicester City. Front left tires. Yeah, you can see it's sunny to shred. Well, when he said he had no idea, he was right. They, they did have. They did, stay around, James. Stay around. They did have a magical year not so long ago. Twenty sixteen. Uh, yes, year. but but certainly been a long time between drinks. Now mm, it was a longer time between drinks previously, <laughs> but uh, this team hasn't had to wait so long between drinks. That's for sure. No. Um, maybe a perennial winner, uh, Luke from Dunedin. How are you? 
Um, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Yes, very well here on our Thursday. Tell me who's sitting atop of the English Premier League. Man City. Man City is correct. Knocked Arsenal off didn't this they? morning. This 3-1. morning. Yeah. That's, uh, that's probably why Tim, he was busy at work and he didn't quite catch up with the news. So can be forgiven because, as I said, he knows his football. Uh, question three, lap one here we are with Luke on our way to 50 from the boys at the TAB. Name one of the opening English batsmen from today. Joe oh, Root. His engine has blown. Oh, he, he comes in at number four. How oh, does he? Yeah, come, come on, Luke. You're better than that. Uh, we'll go back. We'll go back to Christchurch. We'll go back to Christchurch. See, we haven't even got our lap one yet. Uh, Tim, uh, I hope you've given yourself an uppercut. You're back. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise that game was on this morning, and uh, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. <laughs> well, you, you get a second chance at life, and here you go. Name one of the English batsmen who opened today. Uh, is that Crawley? Crawley is correct. Duckett was, in fact, the man that did the damage. Mm, yeah, 80-odd um, off not many, eh? 80-odd off not many, exactly. Question four, lap one with Tim. Uh, where do the Wellington Phoenix play tomorrow? Oh, sorry, who do the Wellington Phoenix play tomorrow? Oh, um... Oh, I did read this as well. Uh, is it Western United? It is Western United. You wouldn't want to have stuffed up two football questions. Come on, Tim, that's your bread and butter. Especially on the day of Phoenix Nation between three and four, mate. Yeah, I, mean, I was talking about it all for the whole hour. <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't here we go. Lap two. We are now flying on our way to 50 with Tim from Christchurch. Who averages the most assists for the New Zealand Breakers? Uh, oh, sheep is Tom Abercrombie. Front left tires. Yeah, you can see it's starting to shred. James, you there, mate? Yeah, good day, mate. Here we go. Second chance for James. Who averages the most assists for the New Zealand Breakers? Ah, uh, it'd be um, uh, McDowell White, wouldn't it? <laughs> Bang on, nice. Bang on, McDowell White. Question two, lap two. James Harden leads the NBA in assists per year. Which team does he play for? So, sorry, I, sorry, I missed the start of it. Who, what? James Harden. He leads the assists. Oh, James Harden. Yes. Who does he, who does he play for now? Yes. Uh, the, 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 who does he play for? He plays for the uh, for, uh, the seventy sixes, doesn't he? He does. He does. And uh, just like that. James has snuck up to just a couple away from taking mm-hmm. away that 50. Which Australian rugby team will feature in tomorrow's Super Friday where they are playing a game of three halves in Pukekohe? Um, who was in the... Oh, it was... Um, it's not the... No, it's not the forces, no. Uh, His engine has blown... VAR, sorry, Beef, I heard it's not, you can't say it's not the Brumbies, yeah, yeah. it's not the Storms, it's not the Rebels. Yeah, you could have read it off. Uh, yeah, 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 until we, uh, we hear I it. Gave a bit of, I gave yeah. a bit of detail there. I oh, know, because we're asking for the Australian team. I was going to say, I sort of gave it away by saying it's in Pukekohe, but it's obviously going to be the Chiefs. Uh, but no, that question probably won't carry over unless you remember to carry it over 
Kiers until Monday. I'll carry it over. Carry it over. You're a professional. Why not? Why not? Um, great game tonight of uh, Drive to Survive. And, and I know the, the listeners probably don't like it, but always like it when it jackpots. Just because it builds it up. Well, it's better for them builds to be the here as well. It Would does. you rather win fifty or a hundred dollars? Mm. Yeah, and it's always better if you can give away a bigger amount on a Friday, heading yes. into the weekend's punting. You know. So next week we're aiming for three hundred because we don't do drive side on Friday. Oh, of course, we do right. Beaver's Best. You do, do, mm. do, do. Well, that's right. Well, Beaver's Best always comes through. So <laughs> always. just back that and you're <laughs> yeah. sorted. Yeah. You know, uh, fill the beer fridge, as I like mm. to say. Fill, fill the beer fridge. Oh, there was a, there was a few tricky ones in there, a few curly ones. Yeah, some fantastic ones actually. Um, I like I like Kiz's work. There are a couple of tough uh, lap tours. Yeah, uh, I certainly wouldn't have got the uh, the most assists, uh, McDowell White. But that was a great get. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was I mean, to be honest, that could have been a lap three. Oh, easy. It could have been a lap three. Easily could have been a lap three. Uh, now, updating uh, the uh, cricket, uh, we've got Harry Brook on 21, Ben Stokes on 10, the Poms 183 for four beef. Yeah, there's still some intent about these English. They certainly haven't uh, slowed down since those two quick wickets. Uh, Brook here has actually come out and really having a crack. Um, just Wags is... Uh, just dropping a bit short at the moment, yeah. and not dropping short the usual Wagner you'd expect, uh, but outside off at the moment. So they're just they're just giving a one out to point on the boundary at the moment. But uh, you must say it's New Zealand session so far since lunch. Yeah, you'd have to say that. I I do wonder about how long much longer Wags has got at this level because he he feels like he's dropped a little bit of pace. Like it's one thing getting something uh, bounced at your head at you know sort of one thirty five, one forty, but it feels like he might have dropped off a little bit. It might be a bit easier to play it. Well, if Root, trying to reverse sweep him, uh, didn't fire him up enough, I'm going to get that audio clipped up and sent to the dressing room and just to really wind up Wags that uh, Ricardo's retiring him because, geez, uh, you'll love him when he's charging in. It is absolute angriest. Um, no better sight. No, than, nah. Than, than Honestly, I've been Wags be... putting about six around the throat and getting nicking him out on the last one. That said, I would not want to face Wags. <laughs> well, not after what you just said. <laughs> Fired him up. Fired him up. Um, and we, we were asking earlier if you had to get a bowler, New Zealand bowler, to bowl an over for your life, who would it be? And Ted texted through earlier and he said uh, if it was to not concede runs, Chris Pringle. And we were talking about that over. Yes. Um, Ted's texted back. It was against Australia and Hobart. Brilliant. So thanks for that, Ted. And he said he thinks he was bowling to Bruce Reed. Remember Bruce Reed? Mm. He was about six foot million, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was a unit. He was a big unit. Just a, just a special mention. Obviously, Tickner making his debut today. He picked up a wicket mm. earlier on. He uh, It was actually great to see because we were watching it. And he, geez, he almost just got another one. But he looked under a bit of stress early mm. because they were going after him. And uh, then, he, then he picked up a – he might have got Duckett, actually. He did get Duckett. He did get Duckett, yeah. And yep. uh, he just—he seemed to have settled into his work now, so it's good to see man on debut coming back after a bit of bit of tap early. Yeah, Michael Bracewell going all right in the field too. He's he's picked up, a, he's, he's pocketed a couple, so that's uh, that's good to see. That's a positive. That is a positive from a New Zealand point of view, Beef. Glorious looking ground that mount, but <laughs> I know I've said it. Jeez, I need to get there, yeah, well, mate. Oh, you know, it's bringing back all those memories of Bruce Blues and barbecues <laughs> for me. To be fair, uh, but yeah, yeah, superb spot, man. Superb spot, especially if the weather's behaving itself. So uh, that is golden. Uh, it is eighteen past five. You can keep texting us through. Who are you getting to bowl and over for your life out of uh, all? the bowlers in New Zealand history. Give us a text, double eight, double three, the Temper Bedpost text machine. We'll be back right after this, 18 past five, with Rick and Beave on the run home.
Harrison dropping back just outside the circle. In they come. The final delivery of what's been a great match. He's missed it. And it's victory. He's run out. Same as you. Get two points. What a win. What a surprise. What a sensation. What a result. Run out as Bruce Reed off the final delivery. And the New Zealanders hug each other. Crow, Crow getting all the accolades and rightly so. Uh, there you go. That is uh, the uh, the commentary from that p- very piece that you're talking about, that Chris Pringle over when Bruce Reed at the end, he just went, hell, I'm just going to have to try and do something. And he tried the run and he ended up getting run out, Beef. Yeah, beautiful stuff. Anytime we beat Aussie and Aussie, uh, especially in those days, uh, very, very special occasions. So, yeah. uh, no, obviously early on we we're talking about uh, who do you get to bowl over for your life. Uh Texan here, only one person I can think of, you and Chatfield. Mm. You're a big fan of you and Chatfield, aren't you? Oh, Chats. Well, I mean, like, when I was a kid, the uh, the opening opening bowling partnership for, for, for the Black Caps was Hadley and Chatfield, like, you know. Chatfield just tied one end up, you couldn't score off him, and then Hadley would take wickets. Pre-being pre the Black Caps. Oh, Pre-being yeah. the Young Guns, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's how long, <laughs> that's how old I am, Beef. That's how old I am. They, uh, you know how the Beige Brigade was like the the, the bring back the retro? Yes, yeah, well, well yeah, you had it. I had it, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was no no bringing it back, it was just what we had. Didn't have to go spend night in closet. Yeah, exactly. Old Mike Lane, boy, he uh, and, the, and, the, and the old Beige Brigade boys, they... Uh, uh, they got onto a winner there, didn't they, when they brought those back? Yeah, I remember buying one many moons ago. Yeah. Jesus, probably 15, 16 years ago now. Uh, and yeah, you, you paid a pretty penny for them. Oh, you did. Do, do, I've actually tried to run it a few times lately yeah. for dress-ups, and uh, surprise, surprise, um, doesn't fit too well on me now. It shrunk. It shrunk, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the material. Uh, so the boys who came out of them, obviously Lane and the rest of them, um, bit of quality, please. Yeah. Um, okay. All just right. shrinks. I'll pass that on. Pass that on. <laughs> uh, what fits better, the the jersey from the final or, or your beige brigade? I'd say the jersey from the final, oh, comfortably. Right. Okay. Okay. Oh, that says that says a few things. Actually, those boys, um, I think they did really well out of that for a while, and then New Zealand cricket went angle. Yeah, <laughs> we need to do well out of this. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, But I, I think they, they ended up buying a horse out of the money they made off that. <laughs> How good is that? Yeah, no. Anyone with a bit of a foresight and things like that? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else you could you could run to go down that path. What else is retro? I love the uh, the '92 World Cup, the the grey with mm. the uh, striped World Cup colours across the shoulders. Yeah. They were pretty cool kits, I reckon. Yeah, they were quite good. I the one that they did bring back a little while ago, which I wasn't a big fan of, was that teal. That was <laughs> ugly. Yes, yes. I don't know where they went with that. Why they went that route? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I mean, it's like, mate, we're not Air New Zealand. We're no. New Zealand. You know? <laughs> no, maybe there's, maybe there's an attempt to get a different sponsor on board. Uh, speaking of cricket, of course, 195 now for four. They've uh, Brooke and Stokes have sort of uh, recovered from those two quick rec- wickets when we had them 150 for four. And Kugeline uh, now bowling. So if you just get caught up with the news... Kugeline and uh, Tignara in for their debuts. Mm, I was a bit surprised that because um, uh, they brought in Jacob Duffy as well. Yes, and Duffy's figures uh, recently in his form is reads a lot better than Scott Kugeline. So I'm not sure why they've made that decision because D- Duffy actually swings the ball a bit too. Yeah, Kugeline certainly coming with the. I guess the approach that usually Wags does a lot of short pitch stuff. Mm. Um, and he's he's bowled four overs now, none for twenty three. So uh, let's hope that they can get the breakthrough, another breakthrough. Get them two hundred odd for five would be nice. Yeah, it would be. It would be. Uh, Beef, you've talked about going to Bay Oval, sitting on the bank, having a couple of cold grins, um, mm. and, and enjoying the day. Uh, we had 
last hour, um, Sam Whitelock on, we're talking about preseason. Yes. Preseason for you, what did you love about it? What did you hate about it as a player? I love the fact that you just literally handed yourself over, both mind, body, and spirit. And uh, you hand yourself over to the trainers and. If you had the ability just to blank yourself off, mm-hmm. um, loved it because you just got in a condition that you're never going to get in for the rest of the year. There's, there was no games to bash the bejesus out of you. You were literally just getting in as good a shape possible. So I really did enjoy that aspect of it. Um, I guess, <laughs> conversely, the, the part of that I didn't like is literally the result of that. Yeah, right. And so I guess preseason, I was just, it was always. You always slept the best during preseason, uh, and and at any opportunity, I remember when I was flatting down in the in the varsity part of um, Hamilton with my mates. I'd come home, they were at uni, and I'd literally jump on the couch. We might have a two-hour break. I'd go home, and I'd be snoring on the couch for a good hour. Bang back to the final session. When I came back from the UK and Japan and had that last stint when uh, Renz was in charge, mm. and preseason had gone through the roof again. Uh, where it was sort of four to five sessions a day and would finish with a boxing session or a wrestling session or, or something like that. I'd literally get home at five-ish, 5.36, jump on the couch. I, I got to a point where I had to send an alarm to wake myself back up to have dinner. Wow. Uh, because I was absolutely Cooked. spent. I mean, yeah. I was obviously on the wrong side of 30 by then. Yeah. And pre-seasons had just gone to another level. But, uh, yeah, I was just completely cooked and... Uh, yeah, it got to a pretty pretty sad state of affairs when you're having to wake yourself up to have dinner to then go back to sleep. Yeah, because I was ready for bed uh, at five thirty six. That's yeah, that's that's hard, eh? That's hard. <laughs> Were you a chunderer? You, you, you many many preseason chunders? After uh, the- no, no. I, to be fair, and my surprise, my 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 fitness levels were always pretty pretty good and didn't carry as much uh, spareness as I probably do now. Yeah. Uh, so no, it was. I, I loved running. I love the, uh, the aspect. And apart from when you get the fractures and the stress fraction down your feet, which would mean you can't run, and then you'd have to do alternatives, i.e. sitting on a watt bike or boxing and stuff like that. That's where, that's where pre-season became a bit of a niggle. Yeah, it's interesting because I like to box, right? Mm. I like to do that. I hate running. Hate running. I think it's just the monotony of it. Yes. It just, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. The only thing with the boxing is you knew you were there for about 40, 45 minutes, and we used to do it with an... Um, Nika Brothers. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And, and they used to come in and train with us and, and run the sessions, and you literally knew that you just, in your head you were sort of processing, you right, we're doing a round here, and you just knew you had a mountain to get through <laughs> until it was all over. <laughs> oh, man, yes, yeah, don't miss those days, I bet. Uh, this is uh, the run home with Ricardo and Beaver. No, Kirst, she's, uh, she's away on wedding duties at the moment. Uh, the latest in news and sport, not too far away. Then we're going to head live to Bay Oval and get an update from uh, the one and only Jacob Scott. All right, thank you, Johnny. It is, uh, what are we, 26? I've got to do maths on the flight, it's never a good thing. 26 away from six here on uh, the run home with Ricardo and Beaver. You can call us any time on the Makita phone line, 0800 150 uh, Time now to go around the grounds, uh, thanks to Juriscape Lawn Seed from PGG Wrightson or Fruit Fed Stores. Uh, looking tonight, uh, the break is up against the Jack Jumpers. That is uh, 9 o'clock tonight. Coverage on SE. 
SENZ right here from My State Bank Arena in Tassie. What do you reckon, Beeb? Do you reckon they're going to have to come home to finish that series or do they get it done on the road? I don't know there's a bit of steel about them these these days, isn't there? Mm. It's back. It's it's the Breakers franchise of old, isn't it? Where uh, guess you expect them to do the job, don't you? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon so. I mean, get they, it done. They they won by twenty points last game. Yes, I, I I think they get it done. I think they get it done. Uh, the Black Caps uh, versus England are now at uh, Bay Oval, Mount Maunganui. Uh, what's the update there, Steve? Uh, two hundred. 200, well, 209 now for four. Uh, Kugelon's just been put to the fence by Stokes. Stokes, a bit slower than the rest of them. He's only 19 off 26. Um, <laughs> but he's he's just starting to look like he's going to get going. He doesn't look like he's hell of a troubled by the pace that's coming at him, that's mm. for sure. So scary times if he starts to put the foot down. But uh, we've had an ability at the moment. We've been able to look dead and buried and then get a couple of wickets. So let's hope... Let's hope, it, let's hope it goes. Now, I'll, I'll actually get your thoughts on this, mate, because tomorrow night at quarter to 10, the Wellington Phoenix are also playing in Tasmania against Western United in the A-League. Um, didn't want to ask you about that per se, but Wellington Phoenix this season, mm. they've played some really, really good football. They look good. They've taken the lead in a lot of games, but they have lost. You, know, you get three points for a win, one for a draw, right? They have lost 20 points from leading positions um, this season. Uh, I don't know, through your career, have you ever had situations where you were in a team that actually everything looked good, everything felt good, but you just couldn't get the wins over the over the line? Yeah, well, I guess the the, the similarities uh, in rugby is since a lot of bonus points, mm. a lot of losing within seven bonus points, yeah. isn't it? And it looks it looks pretty enough that you know, got got from seven, and you, when you're at the end of the season, you're looking for positives and all the rest of it. You go, oh geez, you know. And coaches obviously sometimes do it to keep their jobs yeah. when they do when they do the <laughs> review process. We're not far off, you know. Exactly, is the twenty missing points that we could have easily been top four contenders or, or what have you. But unfortunately, there's so many factors that come into it. But by and large, it's, it's I guess it's leadership in those big moments, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and you don't know it's a big moment until it is a big moment. Speaking and of big moments. <laughs> none bigger, none bigger. Ben Stokes, gone burger for 19. Um, Kugelin's first test wicket. Yeah, exactly. Uh, out for 19, bold Kugelin caught Latham. So caught behind uh, Ben's, well, no, because no, 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 no. not wicket keeper. Bundles there. Yeah, bundles there. So, uh, yeah, uh, the palms down, another 209 for five. Uh, and finally for our Around the Grounds beef, mm. um, Sky Sport tomorrow night is showing, oh, well, tomorrow day, I should say, uh, are showing this from 2.35. It is uh, Super Friday, the game of three halves. You've got the Blues and the Waratahs, followed by the Chiefs and the Blues, followed by the Chiefs and the Waratahs. Uh, and then somehow there's the Chiefs and the Blues on again uh, at the end. Yeah, there's a bit of all picky involved. Oh, is that the all picky? Yeah, right. the okay, early ones of the all picky, uh, and then uh, and then obviously the males at the end of the evening. So no, it should be good. Um, I'd have probably got along just down the road from home, but uh, obviously I'd rather be doing the run home on a Friday. Well, obviously, <laughs> yes. obviously, yeah. <laughs> you know, you haven't Sky haven't uh, got you in sideline giving giving. <laughs> Mate, you, you couldn't get me away from the run home. Yeah, no, fair. Um, so, no. Loyalty, say one thing, loyalty. Loyalties. We'll take this one, we? 200-odd for five. When you think when old Duckett was, what were we? About one for 100 and something, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, so they were flying. They were flying and with the powerful band line up and with all the likes of the roots and that coming in and 
as you say, uh, flicking over reverse sweeps off our quick bowlers, I think we'll take this. I think Ben Stokes is a bit filthy there because that co- that catch was in. It wasn't a great delivery from Kugeline. I know he got the wicket, but it was a it was a half tracker, and he absolutely snotted it square. Uh, but did manage to pick out the one guy that was there, which was Tom Latham, who they took a great catch. Fascinating thing for me here, Salvi's, um, and it might have more to do with the pitch more than anything. Mm. The regulation. Yeah, and considering you know the the sort of the, almost the maverick sort of type character, he is very similar to well, Baz would roll from a new batsman. He got a very standard field. Yeah, and uh, and I, like you said, you know, from a Baz point of view too. Baz, I mean, Baz was the maverick. He's the guy that's always thinking outside the box and inventing new field placings. Well, j- just folks is in. That, oh, sorry, Brooks uh, just faced another ball from Kigline. There's a bit of chat there. Around another appeal, they almost went DT, DTS on that. Yeah, so, they did. Well, I can't wait to actually get in touch with our next uh, interview because he's got all the mood, the vibe, what's going on at the Bay Oval. Yeah, well, let's do that then. That was around the grounds, thanks to PGG Rights and Turf. Ask about Juriscape lawn seed from your local PGG Rights and or fruit fed store. Up next, we go to Bay Oval and uh, we bring in our live correspondent, Jacob Scott. It's a quarter to six here on the run home with Ricardo and Beeve and uh, the Poms 222 for five. Uh, Brooks just brought up his 50. Uh, he's been taking a uh, uh, at a task in particular. Um, but uh, a man who has probably been taken a task by the Barmy Army, I'd imagine, uh, is uh, Jacob Scott, uh, one-time producer of the show, now a full-time uh, travelling cricket fan. G'day, Jacob. How are you? G'day, Ricardo. How's it going, mate? Uh, we're well here in the studio, Jacob. We're somehow surviving without you. But uh, tell me, rumour has it that you're in the family zone. Is this because you're still getting in at kids' prices? <laughs> yeah, that's true, Beeb. I, I've, I've been in the family zone, sitting next to the big hitters. Um, but now I'm currently walking over to the Barmy Army with their, their station for the day. And tell us about the Barmy Army. Have they been in good voice so far? I'd imagine pretty positive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's been a lot of... Um, Four more to the England chance coming from the trumpeter and the Barmy Army today, unfortunately. But uh, I mean, it's the uh, the Black Caps have fought back in the last uh, session. A couple of wickets fallen. Ben Stokes has just got out. Ben Folks has come to the wicket. And, um, I was going to say, Jacob, been a bit of an emotional roller coaster, hasn't it? We were, we were on the canvas, then we get those two quick wickets after lunch, then it gets taken away from us, then we get Stokes. Is that how it's feeling there? Yeah, it's a mixed feelings for the day. I mean, my, my father's English. He's wearing his, uh, his England kit, and I'm wearing yeah, my disgusting. black hat. So there's a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a divide in the camp. But, um, yeah, it's a bit of a 50-50 day, to be fair. Who's been the best... English batsman to watch so far? Was it old Duckett at the start or is, is this Brooks innings coming, starting to take over? Yeah, Brooks has definitely found his, uh, found his feet out out in the middle, but um, Ben Duckett to start was quite exciting. Plenty of fours, uh, lots of aggressive shots. Good to see, really. Yeah, uh, whereabouts are, are you sitting, mate? We, I mean, you know, we're looking at this on the TV. Are you sitting side on? Are you behind yeah. a bowl or where are you? So I'm, I'm sat by Floodlight 3, which is sort of like right on the right-hand side of the commentary box. 
um, looking obviously at the pitch, but I've just walked around to floodlight. Is it one or eleven? I think the and famous I've, floodlight I've sort of one. Gone around. Yeah, oh yeah, everyone knows it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Remind me for never getting no, directions I'm, I'm, off you, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in the mixed mixer area at the minute, and it's ten dollars cheaper to be in the mixer area apparently. So you're asking God, for your money who back. Knows, who knows? Who knows where I'm sitting? Um, sitting now. Who, who the likes? Now, now. <laughs> now, now, tell me, from either Floodlight 1 or Floodlight 3, uh, were you seeing much movement early doors from, from the Kiwi bowlers? Because obviously on TV it looks like it's uh, she's a nice batting track. Yeah, too right. Um, Sally had it moving a bit to start off. And Wagner, obviously, uh, no, his first delivery got a wicket, but it was a no ball, unfortunately. So I'm sure he was moving it about a bit. Um, but, yeah, bless, you know, I mean... He's a decent bowler by the looks, but his moustache definitely helps him. Gives him a bit of a plus 10 on his, all his uh, bowling attributes, I reckon. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know if you remember who Ewan Chatfield is, but he's certainly got a bit of a throwback to the Ewan Chatfield look, uh, Jacob. Long oh, before, okay. long before Jacob. <laughs> long before yeah, Jacob. I'm, I'm not sure about Ewan Chatfield, <laughs> I'm afraid, Ricardo. I've actually, I've actually <laughs> been in a uh, taxi. Yeah, he's a cab driver. Cab driver, Mountain. Um, finally, before we let you go, are we going to be batting today? Jacob? Not oh, not today. I don't you don't know, reckon? We've got the fourth? Definitely tomorrow. Possibly, <laughs> possibly the morning session, um, um, afternoon session tomorrow. Um, but, but yeah, I'm did, not too sure about batting tonight. Well, you realise, no. you realise you're realise you sitting at a day-night test match, don't you? So you're only halfway through <laughs> yeah, the day. Yeah, I know that. We're, <laughs> coming up to the di- we're coming up to the dinner break. I know that. <laughs> okay, just okay, checking. All right, mate. Hey, what, what about the weather? Because uh, we just had a shot looking back out towards the Kaimais, I think, and yeah. it, it looks a little bit uh, a little bit black out there. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, it's been a brisk northerly, I believe. It's, it's the mounts to the north. It's been coming from the mount side. Um, Southerly. Straight across the ground. Oh, Southerly. Okay, sure. It's the direction Southerly it's blowing ground. in, mate. It's the direction it's blowing and not where it's coming from. All, all you guys need to know is the wind's blowing and it's quite strong. Um, if the uh, It's going to pass over us. It's not, it's not, I don't think there's going to be any rain tonight, but I have slipped on the, uh, the sweatshirt just in case. Oh, good to see. Good to see. Come prepared. Yeah, you look after yourself, you young fella. I'm glad you've got your sweatshirt on you. And uh, can, and can you pay full price tomorrow as a page to getting these cheap family tickets? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that, it's a bit of a hack. If um if anyone's coming down tomorrow or the next day, I think you should get get yourself a family ticket. Uh, there's plenty of room on the bank. There's not a bad seat in the house. Did you just just before we do let you go, mate? Did you got your sweatshirt on, which is good news. Is your mum written your name in the back of it? That's the question. We don't want you to lose it. <laughs> and did you get? And did yeah, you get no, your packed lunch I, in? I believe so. Oh no! Actually, we do have a good packed lunch. Um, my mum, my mum went to a countdown before and uh, got all sorts of snacks. We've been, um, yeah, snacking away. Got a few uh, beers in me too. Oh, uh, oh a, you slow I'm down, afraid, big fella. There's not a grin. There's not a grins in sight. I'm afraid, but um, I do. I am sporting the hat. Good um, on you, boy. Getting the, getting the Grins merchandise out there. Good stuff, Jacob. Go well, mate. We'll let you go and hang out with the Barmy Army, and uh, you'll probably be no use to anyone after that, mate. Go well. Enjoy the rest of the day. <laughs> Thanks, mate. See you, guys. See you, mate. mate. Nine away from six here on SENZ. Uh, this is The Run Home with Ricardo and Beaver. And, uh, yeah, Beaver, quick question for you. Mm. Um, just had a shot there of Stuart Broad. 
Uh, it looks like he's getting ready to come in a bat. But he's sitting under a shelter, and as you can see, it's dark. It's very and dark. It's, and it's getting darker, and the lights are on, there's clouds around. Why is he wearing a big, wide brim floppy hat? <laughs> Just a style, I guess. Um, yeah, and, and the, the TV pictures we're seeing, I'm not sure Jacob, I think Jacob's had a few more than two beers because <laughs> it lo- looks like it's about to bucket down. It does, it does. Uh, not like the bucket hat tile either. Uh, eight away from six, uh, this is SCNZ, the I know we'll be back shortly. Yeah, a couple of minutes away from six o'clock, our latest in news and sport with Johnny Mack. Not too far away, and uh, but if we're getting texts through as well. Uh, still about you know if if you could pick one bowler uh, from New Zealand cricket history to bowl an over for your life, uh, who would it be? And uh, had another one come through there. You have a great uh, Denny Morrison. Uh, could have his moments as well. Got a hat trick in a one day against the Parkies and quite often had the wood over the Great Allen border. Denny Morrison, line hearted, wasn't he? He was, mate. He, he bowled a lot bigger than he is. Yeah, not a big man. And, uh, and I guess he post, post Hadley, and I guess when I first started, I guess, really absorbed what I was watching, mm. um, almost a lone, lone ranger as far as the bowling attack would always be different around him. Yeah, it was often. But he was, was the mainstay, wasn't he? Yeah, it was often like a mixture of him and then it would be like Willie Watson and Murphy Sewer and yes. people like that. But it, it, it seemed like a revolving door around him. Yeah. He was he was obviously the, the trump card and uh, got his own back issues, wasn't he? he yeah. Always quite often injured. Well, you, you looked at his uh, the way he ran in and delivered. Like he. He th- absolutely thumped Gave it everything. Yeah. And a lot like his commentary his these days. Mate, well, Gives yeah. it absolutely everything. He does. He does that, mate. You certainly know when you're listening to Danny Morrison. Oh, that's brilliant. I, I, I enjoy his work. It goes for the maximum. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's one of my favourites uh, of Mr. DK Morrison. So, yeah, thanks for that shout. Uh, t- 8833. 8833 is the number you can text us through. If you had one Black Caps bowler in history to bowl uh, and over for your life, who would it be? 8833 is the text number. We've actually got Peter Fulton coming on shortly. Be interesting to see what he'll say to that question. Mm. He's played with a few decent bowlers. He's a very good view of a few of them, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, he would have faced a fair few too. So yes. uh, looking forward to, to getting uh, that from him. Uh, what's the update from the uh, the cricket there, Beef? Uh, two, two, three for five. Uh, Salvi, Captain Salvi, back in the attack. He's got two figures of two for 44. They went after him early doors too, so the great champion that is Tim Salvi. He's brought it back. His economy right now just a touch over four, which... In comparison, and to the rest of the team in the day it's been, it's that's something to be sitting on just over four because uh, they were all over sixes at one stage. They were. He's getting a bit of decent shape on the ball too, considering what are we in the 43rd over. He's still getting it to do a little bit. And for those on uh, Beaver's Power Play Watch, mm. uh, we are literally uh, one away from uh, having that leg banked. Salvi to take three wickets. Right, yeah. Um, and then, of course, James Anderson's come get three for 150 uh, tomorrow uh, when Kane and the boys put him to all corners. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting, actually, because, you know, you've played 2.30 afternoon footy and you've played 7.30 in the evening footy. Mm. What's the difference? Uh, you're a lot more relaxed at 2.30. Right. I think it's just uh, the fact that it's daylight. 7.30, because it's night time, it's dark, it naturally brings... And that, an intensity. Yeah, right. Okay. So you, yeah, the day, it'd be interesting to see how this uh, the, the pink ball affects affects things. Whether you know you see more wickets fall later yeah. in the day. The, the, the footy ball's movement didn't really get affected by it late in the day, but uh, maybe <laughs> maybe this pink ball hopefully does. <laughs>
is four past six here on SENZ. This is the run home with Ricardo and Beaver. And uh, Beaver, we thought we had another wicket there for a minute. Yes, Salvi. Uh, thought he might have nipped one back enough for an LB, but uh, in the end they didn't review it. And just as well, because it wouldn't have uh, it wouldn't have reviewed high, well. Yeah, it hit him outside the line too, so... But no, the great man is still chipping away here and uh, Kugline's about to take back up the attack. Figures of 1 for 42 on his debut. And uh, just enough at the moment to keep you a little bit interested. Just as I say that, he gets slashed for four uh, behind point. 1 for 46. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look, see what's coming up on the Macca's menu here on the run home. Thanks to Mick Delivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. Well, two-metre Peter, Peter Fulton, the Canterbury coach, former black cap batsman, is going to be uh, joining us shortly. We're going to get his take on uh, some of the choices made around the black cap. Susan, who's out? Might ask him who had bowled it over for his life as well and get his take on this test series. Uh, at 6.30, we're going to catch up uh, and talk NBL with SCNZ's Cam Luke. Um, he has had something of a week. We'll get more on that uh, from him as well because, uh, man, he's going to have some stories and we're going to be calling him in Hawaii as well. So there you go. That's what's coming up on our Macca's menu. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with Mick Delivery. Uh, and I, I believe Peter Fulton is with us now. Uh, good evening, Peter. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. That's a story, mate. That's a story. Uh, you, you had much uh, much of an eye on this test so far. I know you're a busy man coaching Canterbury as well. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, uh, we're down in Queenstown playing. Uh, we've got a Four trophy semi final tomorrow against the Targos. So, um, so yeah. So just parked up in the in the in my room at the moment, just uh, yeah, watching the cricket. And mate, although it seems like it was uh, a pretty decent batting track now leading into the day, I guess with all the weather that the country's had, it was always going to be a no brainer that win the toss bowl first. Oh yeah, I think so. But um, I, I guess the. The sort of the history of the pink ball games, and especially well, especially in New Zealand, is that I guess by batting first, you sort of can dictate potentially when when you declare. Um, and the, and the way this game's going, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if you know if England declare at some stage tonight um, before the end of play, just so they get a chance to bowl with the pink ball under light. Did it surprise you early on? I guess for the first part of the day, that it was very much a, a bouncer of fun from the from the Black Caps. Oh yeah, well I mean I think that reflects the probably the nature of the wicket. Like it sort of it, it sort of had that green tinge, but it was more like the it was more like the sort of green tinge when you leave something on your lawn um, for a week and it doesn't see the sun and it sort of goes that sort of yellowy colour. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I think probably that reflected just the fact that um, yeah it was. It was probably the wicket's pretty slow. It looks pretty easy paced, um, and yeah, other than the other than the short ball plan, there sort of hasn't been too much assistance for the bowlers. Um, Peter, we obviously had a few issues around the bowling lineup uh, in terms of our depth and things as well. Um, of course, uh, no Trent Bolt at the moment. Jamison's injured. Uh, Matt. Uh, is is down in Christchurch with his wife, with uh, firstborn on on the way. Um, so there are a few a few things to take into consideration. I was a bit surprised to see Scott Kugline called in, to be honest, um, and then to be chosen ahead of Jacob Duffy. Now I know if you're playing Otago tomorrow, you 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 might be hoping that the airport doesn't open so he can't fly in. Where, <laughs> what what did you make of that decision? 
Oh, look, yeah, again, I think I think that's a reflection on what they thought the wicket was going to do. I think if it was if they were playing this game at the base and reserve, I think you might have seen Jacob Duffy play because he's more of a sort of a swing seam bowler. Um, Scott Kugelin's obviously a lot quicker, um, hits the deck a lot harder, and you know sort of uses the short ball. So yeah, probably probably a reflection on on how they thought or how they think the wicket's going to play as the game goes on. And what about um, another guy that never seemed to be in the conversation? So I don't know if, if, if this is something that I've just missed, but is Lockie Ferguson not considered a test player? Uh, yeah, good question, actually. I, I, look, I think he probably, he probably, in terms of, I guess, bowling sort of workload, um, yeah, I guess maybe they don't think he's, he's probably not quite up to, you know, up to, you know, I guess, Bowling the amount of overs that they might require from a seamer. Um, if he if he was, then yeah, I think he's the he's the he's the next option. Um, but yeah, I, I would assume that probably you know in terms of how many overs he you know he's capable of bowling a test match. They just don't think that um, yeah it's sort of worth risking that. And I guess from his point of view, maybe with the IPL coming up in a you know in a few weeks' time, he probably thought actually don't really. Not really that keen to potentially risk getting injured before I head off to the IPL. Um, Might have a tight calf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Like I said, I'm pretty sure you'd be wanting to wrap yourself in cotton wool before you head over there. And mate, considering what it was like when Duckett was going pretty bananas at the start, and they were one for a hundred odd, what would be a what would be a successful end of the day for for the Black Caps? Oh, I mean, look, I think if look if England are still batting at the end of the day and they get the full ninety overs in, I. Yeah, I think I think if they can, I think if they can bowl England out, um, I think if they bowl England out before the end of day one, they'll probably be they'll probably be reasonably happy. If they don't bowl them out, then yeah, you'd have to assume England are probably going to score at you know five, five and a half and over. So yeah, they got this partnership now. If they can if they can break that partnership, get into some of the bowlers, then yeah, they can they can hopefully bowl bowling them out and. If it, if it's sort of not not more than three hundred and fifty, then yeah, probably not too bad. Yeah, as a man who once took four for forty nine for uh, Canterbury, uh, what would your approach be uh, bowling the, this this English lineup? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I think probably fairly. It's probably fairly intimidating. Um, <laughs> look, they've, they've, they've under I guess um, Brendan McCullum sort of. Um, under his under his sort of leadership, they've they've almost sort of revolutionised his cricket a little bit. So, yeah, like I said, it's it'd be pretty tough for a bowler. I think you've um, you haven't got a lot of margin for error, and yeah, they're gonna they're gonna play a lot of shots, and and I think they'll keep playing that. I mean, we saw Joe Root get out playing the playing the sort of reverse scoop <laughs> to Neil Wagner, um, but yeah, I, I think they're just gonna keep playing that way. I don't I don't think I don't see them easing off at all. If anything, they probably go harder as the series goes on. What do you what do you think he was thinking doing that? I mean, you really don't want to make Neil Wagner angry at you, do you? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, look, I think they've they've obviously the way they've decided to play, um, and the way Brendan's encouraging the players, you know, I, I suppose in a way it takes the pressure off. Um there's probably a lot of people in the history of Test cricket have wanted to play have wanted to play that way, but they don't. Um, probably for two reasons. One, because they think they'll get dropped if they do, and two they're worried about what you know the, the, the commentators or the media or you know the fans will say. So yeah, they've sort of I guess they've taken that they've taken that pressure away. So yeah, I, I can't see them changing. To be honest, I think I think they'll just they'll just keep doing it. 
the um, the Bay Oval itself um, has, has has looked like a bit of a road at times in, in previous tests and uh, hasn't necessarily always been kind of fast bowlers. What's it like to play on? Uh, you've you've been there, done that a few times. Yeah, pretty pretty generally reasonably flat. Um, and yeah, it looks like this one's this one's going to get pretty flat as well. So if it doesn't if it doesn't start um, if it doesn't start spinning as the game goes on, or I guess you know having a little bit of variable bounce, um, it could be a could be a little bit of a batsman's paradise, I think. Mm. All right, Pete. Now, and just before we let you go, mate, we have been talking today. Uh, the question of the day has been: if you were going to ask one bowler from New Zealand cricketing history to bowl an over for your life, who would it be? Um, who have you got? Uh, oh, it'd have to be it'd have to be Sir Richard, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I think I think it would have to be Sir Richard. You'd you'd be uh, you'd be a crazy man not to go with battles. Yeah, so long as you didn't have Aussie umpires, eh? You'd be all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, Pete. Hey, thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, we'll let you get back to it. Uh, good luck tomorrow against uh, the uh, the Otago side, and uh, we'll let you put your feet up and enjoy the rest of the game. Uh, Peter Fulton there with us here on SENZ. This is uh, the run home with Ricardo and Beeve. 13 past 6. Uh, 275 for 5 now, Beeve, and uh, Michael Bracewell uh, to the crease. Yeah, a bit of variation. Um, you'd expect that, though, from Salvi. And it's quite an attacking field, too. He's brought in with uh, Bracewell. A few more texts coming around uh, that very question you just asked the great Peter Fulton. Uh, Bondi all day. Can't go past him. Uh, yeah. no, no names for that text. Uh, the great Adams texted in and said, Bowler for my life, Shane 007 Bond. Pre back surgery, in swinging Yorkers, smoother than martinis. There you go. Nice. Beautiful. Poetic of you, Adam. Beautiful analogy there. And guys, bowler for your life. John Bracewell, what a legend and could bet to. Cheers, Ken. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, that's an interesting call, John Bracewell. Um, you know, he's a big man. Too, John Bracewell, and uh, an angry man for a spinner. <laughs> and not an Aucklander, is he? No, no, no. Which, which makes that text from Ken even more remarkable. <laughs> uh, Ken, Ken does have a blue eye patch, it's yes. fair to say. Quite, quite remarkable. Yeah, yeah. he's an ND man, isn't he? Braces, I think, John Bracewell? Well, they all come out of CD at the moment now. Yeah, they do, that is true. But I think, yes, I think, uh, I that, gener- I think that generation, yeah, that generation, I think, is ND, and then the... Uh, the offspring's all been CD, haven't they? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. They're def- definitely a bunch uh, in CD now. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but uh, John Bracewell was born in Auckland. Oh, uh, that's why Ken got him. That's why Ken got him. Yeah, yep. there you go. Uh, but he actually played domestically. Uh, his first season was for Otago. Otago. There yeah. you go. Um, I think it's more due to the bad weather down there other than... Uh, Daylight saving hours, but the lights look like they're starting to take effect. Okay, already at the Bay Oval. So let's hope that also means the pink ball starts to go crazy. Yeah, it starts to do do something. Well, who we got coming on at the other end there? Well, Tim Southey's brought himself back on um, as as captain. Fantastic! Now that the lights are on and the ball might be doing something, it's time to to bring on the bloke that can move it around in the air a bit. <laughs> wonder. I, I read a comment <laughs> during the week about it too. I wonder if. Salvi thought being captain now is such a great idea now that he's probably looking at the bowling list around him and he goes, you know, I haven't got my mate Bolty, haven't got, uh, you know, the backup around him isn't quite what it usually is. Yeah. Um, so he's got all that to worry about as far as the uh, captaincy goes and, and the fields and all the rest of it and yet at the same time he's still got to be the, the trump card as a bowler for, for Black Caps and, and literally 
right now in the situation at 277 for five is the one the entire country's looking at. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the other thing too from, from uh, Tim Southey's point of view. It's got to be a bit of a mental challenge, right? Because you often hear commentators, former players, and they say, like, you know, at this point in time, your fast bowler just wants the ball in his hand. He just, he's like, leave me on for another, leave me on for another, leave me on for another. But if you're the guy that's making the call and you're the guy thinking, leave me on for another, yes, you've got to kind of be able to take a step back and separate that, don't you? Well, as soon as, obviously... If the pink ball can do what we hope it can do, and once it gets a little bit dark, then he's the only man you want with the ball in, in our lineup, isn't it? So yeah. it's just keeping enough fuel in the tank for uh, for Salvi to have another launch at them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, two seventy seven for five is what we have at the moment. Anthony's asked about uh, having the cricket live on the app. We don't, sorry, mate, uh, but uh, you can listen to us here on the run home. We'll keep you up to date with it as uh, we go on, and uh, we're on right through till seven o'clock. And uh, coming up shortly, Cam Luke is going to join us. Uh, we're going to talk about basketball with him and a few other things as well. Keep your texts rolling through. Double eight, double three is the text line. If you got one bowl at a bowl and over for your life, who is it going to be? Double eight, double three. Flick is the text. That is the temper bed post text machine. And tell you what, Joe from Breakfast has just walked in and he is... I don't, he may have even ironed that shirt. He's looking pretty flash there, babe. What's going on? Oh, Joe from Breakfast, special, special place in my heart the young fella has. Um, I'm actually going to have to... <laughs> Catch him in the ad break just to check up on his love life. He lives a very complicated love life, so right. I've just got to catch up on him um, okay. and just see where he's at after meeting the parents after twelve days in a previous relationship. So I've just got wow. to see, just got to see where he's headed, heads at. Oh, he's, he's, he's chucked the cans on beef. Uh, <laughs> hey, beef, how you going, man? Oh, man, how I've missed you, my brother. I have missed you a lot, and I was actually thinking about you today because I was thinking how I'm going to break this news to beef. Beef, last week she broke up with me. No, she did. <laughs> she, I, so I actually, I didn't. Up being her parents, she met mine, and then a week later, she broke up with me. Oh, it was yeah, life is cruel. Life is cruel, and again, it's the second year in a row someone's broken up with me a week before Valentine's Day. I just I don't know what's going on. Wow, if I I know anything about Breakfast Joe, um, he'll have already bounced back. Uh, so hey, he is he is the rubber ball of lovers. He bounces back pretty quickly. <laughs> he is he does indeed. Eighteen past six for more on Joe Love Life. Uh, tune in to uh, <laughs> Izzy and Kempi for breakfast tomorrow morning from six. So we'll be back after this. We've gone 6.24 here on SENZ. This is uh, The Run Home with Ricardo and Beaver. You can give us a call uh, on 0800 150 That is the Makita phone line. Or you can text us on uh, our text line double eight double three, the Temper Bedpost text machine. Um, at a dinner break now in the cricket. So uh, just updating you uh, where we are. 279 for five is where the Poms are. Harry Brooks, 79 not out off 64. And Ben Folks, 27 not out off 33. Uh, the best of the New Zealand bowlers is the captain, Tim Southey, with two for 71. Wicket's also taken by Wagner, Tickner and Cougar line. Everybody's taken a wee bit of tap, though, uh, over the day, haven't they, Beef? Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess it was always coming. Mm. Uh, whatever happened, regardless of the score, it was going to be happening at a quick pace. And uh, they've certainly come at us 
hard and fast today. So I tell you what, it, it accelerates the game. It's exciting to watch. And, uh, you know, as we've seen, when we've got one wicket, we've usually got two. So if we can get a couple more, it'd be... Uh, can still be our day yet, Ricardo, I reckon. Yeah, take wickets in bunches, eh? Yep. That's the key. That's the key. And then they have to rebuild partnerships again. So uh, that's what they need after the dinner break and see how much those atmospheric conditions change under the lights. Atmospheric, powerful. Powerful words, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, throw that, that out there. Atmospheric conditions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's up there with uh, up there with Jacob's weather forecast, I think, <laughs> that we had earlier. Yeah, I'm not sure where Jacob's looking. From, to the south, anyway. because Well, to the north, actually. The mountains in the north. Apparently, yeah. Uh, apparently, um, we had a couple of texts through too on the uh, the, the question of if you had to get a New Zealand bowler to bowl at a, a, an over for your life, who would it be, Beef? Uh, a couple of couple of new ones through there. Yes, uh, Kane Williamson. If Daryl here is umpiring, uh, <laughs> that's from Paul. Um, I'd say he'll call him no ball. Uh, Wordle five six seven four from six. Uh, <laughs> The postman always delivers. Gavin Larson. That's from Jimbo. Gavin Larson, I remember as a kid, Gavin Larson and one day cricket. And I know if he played today, it probably wouldn't be because obviously the scoring rates are so much uh, higher. Yeah. But I remember him having the world's, by a country mile, world's best economy rate. Mm. And you could get his economy rate would come on for his 10 overs and he'd bowl them. He'd just be a nick over three. And, geez, could you imagine having someone like that in your team now? You can guarantee he's just going to bowl his 10 overs just for a nick over three. Well, that's I mean, if you bowl 10 overs for 40 now, you've done well, right? If you bowl them for 50, uh, <laughs> you're considered economical. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, Jimbo, um, I don't know, I think it looks like you might be using emojis because uh, we can't <laughs> see them on our text machine. They just come through as question marks. So uh, I'm not entirely sure what else you were putting in there. Uh, but there you go. Thanks anyway for your text, double eight, double three. Keep them coming in. Yeah, Gav Larson, I remember... Uh, watching him bowl, I think it was in Christchurch, and uh, he, I think, might have even been the Aussies, and he like he, he bowled a spell where he only went for like thirteen or ten or something. He was just about unplayable on the day. And the great thing about Gav Larson is it was an easy action to mimic. Mm. So once he got from about four or five metres out, he just started taking those quite lumbering long strides to then. Uh, get into his delivery stride and just put it on a dime. And he always had the the wrist cocked out, didn't he? It was pointing <laughs> out, and then it kind of the ball came back over the back of the hand. Everything was out the back of the hand. What do you reckon he bowled at pace wise? Oh, would it be one twenty five? Oh nah, no, nah, no. Nah, I reckon about one oh five, maybe. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he was that quick because uh, it it was you know it was he was one of those that the ball was so slow it never quite arrived. Never arrived. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but you always held it back, always held it back, and I think that that messed with people's timing. I think Gav Larson, sensational. This, I mean, you know what a t- what a time to be alive when you had him and Chris Harrison. Yeah, yes, <laughs> some economical rates there. Chris has had about three different careers as a bowler, didn't he? He had the, he had the massive in swingers. Yep. Then he had a stint at almost leg spin. Yeah, but he even when he had the leg spin part of his career happening, he then still had the ability, his wrong end was just the dirty big swinger <laughs> that he used to have from a former career. And uh, geez, it, it had a couple of summers there where it was just magical. Yeah, you mixed it up. You mixed it up. Do you remember uh, going back going back into the, into the memory files, Shane Thompson? Yes. Because uh, he was a guy that reinvented himself. He was a medium pace bowler, a bit of an all-rounder, could, could hit the ball and then offy. turned into, a, into an offie, didn't he? Yes. No, great. He was part of the ND teams when ND just had a ridiculous team. I remember when domestic cricket was big and it was all over TV and the rest of it, they they were running about 11 black caps all in the squad. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that the ND team was, was still like had that, about you know? I mean, because they had Trent Bolt, they had Santner, uh, they had Sally, Sally, they had Kane. Yes. Um, I think Dean Brownlee was down there as yep. well. It was it was in and out of the Black Caps. Obviously, well. Mitchell's now left. Yeah, yeah, Daryl Mitchell. So, yeah, they. I mean, they had a pretty good team of, of late too. So, uh, no, that ND, uh, Northern District Cricket Association, always build uh, decent teams. Always build decent teams. Well, everyone wants to be based around the Tron, don't they? they oh, is that the key, is it? Yeah, I it's, think it's the base. It's the base. <laughs> They're like, we want to be uh, near the home of Grins. Yeah, correct. And uh, and we and we want to hang out with Beef. So that's the, how, what do you get? What do you get? Uh, brown envelope wise from ND just to be <laughs> to be the attraction that people want to come and live in Hamilton. Don't know. We uh, we used to soon in the I guess the not so professional mm. days uh, during the summer months. Certainly used to cross paths and, and spend a bit of time with the uh, the indie cricketers uh, around their around their fixtures, yeah. and uh, a lot of them, like the Chiefs boys, were were housed for summer, and it was right. very much like a three month period. They'd be housed and uh, and uh, looking at them and, and looking the life they lived, it would look like a good three months yeah, they used to live. I bet the, it, the boys, I, I won't name names to. Uh, I guess uh, <laughs> put any in the you know what, but uh, they had the time. They um, a lot of those guys are, are decent golfers too, eh? Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, these days, the, the current mob yeah. they could go pro. Some of them yeah. uh, played played a few charities events with the likes of Bolt and Salvi. And my word, geez, they can hit a golf they ball. They can go, eh? Oh. They can go. Uh, now coming up shortly, we're going to be talking some basketball, and we're going to be talking some living the high life. Uh, we're going to go to Hawaii shortly and catch up with Cam Luke. Before we do that, though, let's catch up with Johnny Mack for the latest in news and sport. <laughs> It is 24 away from 7 here on the run home with Ricardo and Beaver on SENZ. And uh, coming up, we're going to catch up with SENZ's uh, Cam Luke, who's uh, had, man, had a hell of a week, Beef. Um, but I'll tell you what, how's this for a great story? Michael Jordan, 60th birthday. Um, She's 60, is he? Yeah, yeah. And you know how they go, oh, look, you know, it's... Uh, it might be our birthday, but we're the one. You're the ones getting the presents, uh, like when you know Rebel Sport or Briscoes or somebody have a sale. Yes. Uh, well, he's literally done that. 60th birthday, and he has made a donation of get this, 16 million dollars US to the Make a Wish Foundation. What a rooster! Good of him, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. I mean, the guy, I mean, I know the guy's probably not short of coin. He owns, no. the, owns the Charlotte Hornets, but still, um, 16 million bucks he's given to, to, to them. That is outstanding. Does he own the Charlotte Hornets? Does he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Um, outright, sorry. outright. Yeah. Have you watched the uh, Lakers uh, series on the the family? The, oh, the, the bus family. The bus family. That'll be worth a watch for you, Ricardo. It would be. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that out, mate. It's on Disney. On Disney. Yeah. Is it's not family safe, is it? That one. Is that the one I'm thinking, or is it another uh, one? Oh, look, there's innuendo. Right. Um, but no, I mean, it's no, it's, it's probably fair enough. You watch it, yeah. Okay. I'll I mean, you do, you do, you do. They do go into detail about how magic and that used to live. 
But uh, yeah, no, certainly worth it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll definitely check it out. So, uh, what's it called? I want to s- the Lake of Dynasty. The Lake of Dynasty. Oh, okay. Yes. There's another one called I think it's called Showtime. Oh no, Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. Showtime. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Definitely give that a give that a look. I mean, I know I've I've seen you. Uh, rocking a few different singlets over the years. Yes. Uh, who's your NBA team? Do you have one, or do you just like no? A I do. Grew up. I used to. I used to watch every game of the Bulls when they right. were in full noise. But that was when they had the Jordan, the Pippen, the Rodmans, yep. Longleys, and the likes. I lost once Jordan finished. I sort of lost contact with the NBA to be finished. Yeah, to right. be fair. I only sort of got back involved. Now we've got our own big Stevie Adams. Big Stephen Adams in there. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. But you know, I mean, I was a bit the same with Larry Bird, Larry Legend. Yes. Big Celtics fan. Uh, cool kit too, oh, Celtics. Mate. Great kit, great kit. Uh, speaking of great kits, Cam Luke has a great kit and he's got a great story for us as well uh, from SEN via Waikiki. Cam, g'day mate, how are you? I'm good, thanks, guys. How you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. And uh, look, sorry, I, I I messed up giving you the times. Uh, Apple told me it was five thirty over there, but it's not at seven thirty. So I, I I blame Steve Jobs. But mate, um, you have had an absolutely tear up of the last couple of weeks, haven't you? You want to tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, I've uh, yeah, I have had a good time. I know about the time. I've just ducked out of a bar. I thought you'd forgotten about me, so I thought I'd just trying to relax. So the reason I'm in Hawaii, which is the first time here, which is uh which is outstanding, first time I've ever been here, is to relax. Because I, I kind of got a little bit lucky. I was always heading over for the for the Super Bowl and the uh, the armchair experts show that I do for Channel 7 in Australia. We do NFL, so heading over there. But so, yeah, I plotted to, to roll through Los Angeles for, for one game to, to watch Josh Giddy, the Australian, of course, play for Oklahoma City and they play in the Lakers. And then about a month out, I thought, hang on a second, this could be the LeBron uh, uh, record game. So... Um, I was there for that. That just worked out perfectly with perfect timing. And then a couple of days in Phoenix with work. And then uh, the weekend was one of the most magical weekends of all time. I was um, overlooking the tee box in a sky box on the 16th hole on the Saturday, the third day of the Waste Management Phoenix Open, the party hole where 65,000 people get crammed into an amphitheater and essentially just drink and watch the best golfers in the world. And Sunday was Super Bowl. So, uh, for a sports geek such as myself, who spends the majority of my time talking about it, arguing about it on Talkback Radio, or travelling the world to watch it, it's been an amazing week. I don't know where to unpack to start with here, Cam. Um, <laughs> first of all, you didn't get an invite to LeBron's after party? You didn't You didn't somehow get into that too? You won't believe it. I, uh, I am very good friends with the head of Los Angeles Lakers security uh, <laughs> through a connection a couple of years ago, and he... Text me and I said, Man, I want to come into the locker room. And he said, You're no chance, but you might be able to come to LeBron's party. And then, um, these last these, these NBA people that live on a totally different planet, he texted me at about 2 30. On that stage, I was well and truly uh, <laughs> snoozing in the hotel room. And the, the message read, Mate, if you want to come down to this place, I might be able to sneak you in. But, uh, uh by that stage, I would be sleeping. But, uh, no, no, no LeBron after party this time, but, uh, maybe next. Uh, brilliant. Now, mate, that that golf before we get on the Super Bowl, that golf, the Phoenix over, oh, looks ridiculous. Is that sixty thousand on that one hole? Is it sixty five thousand on the one hole? Two hundred ten thousand, um, two hundred ten thousand on the uh, on the actual course on Saturday. Uh, Matt Kaminsky, who used to run their Presidents Cup and World Cup of golf, uh, spent a lot of time in Australia in the last decade or so with those two events. So I got to know him pretty well and. Caught up with him for dinner on the Wednesday night and 
sort of was sort of asking him about it, and he's like, "You've got to be prepared, man. It's going to be out of control." And it blew my mind by, by far. For for a week that involved LeBron breaking an NBA scoring record that'll never be broken, and a Super Bowl, the golf was the number one event. <laughs> the, the moment you walk in there, it's fifty-fifty split between men and women. It's like, and I'm talking in Australian terms here, the the Melbourne Cup Day, the Bird Cage, or the Australian <laughs> yes. Open, where it is such a socially driven event nowadays. I'm pretty sure 95 percent people had never heard of a golfer. But in the joint, it was buzzing, and there was um, it was it was something I can't even something I've spoken about in a couple of interviews since. I can't convey how great the golf was and how the party hole, how great it was. Like, um, yeah, like I, the, the videos, the pictures, the continual conversation, but nothing. Nothing prepared me for how amazing it was going to be, and and obviously I, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, guys. I'll tell you how it is. Next year, Vegas is the Super Bowl. Um, we've already got a, a group of twelve of us. We're going to catch a private plane down. I'm going to make all my friends pay for it. That cost me nothing. We had a private plane from Vegas two days out before the Super Bowl to go to Phoenix for the golf. Do the, do the golfers who traditionally a lot of them take themselves fairly seriously when they get to that hole do they know what they're in for and do they play along with it or are they trying to block it out? There's, there's a couple who play along with it. There's a couple who enjoy it and a couple who sort of uh, you know motion for the crowd to be louder because um, I actually felt for two particular gentlemen who have been there, you know, their 60s or their early 70s who hold the quiet please sign, which is <laughs> 99.9%. In fact, on every golf hole on the planet, it works, except for this one. I actually felt like it was a waste of time having them there because they put them up and the people would get louder. So um, you, you can tell the nerves, you can tell the nerves and the pressure these, these golfers actually feel on there because um, we were lucky enough through Ballpark Entertainment and SEN to sit down and have a couple of minutes with Aaron Badley at a lunch on the Friday, and he spoke about the nerves um, that they feel. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're 10 under or you're 10 over, if you're going to make the cut, you've got no chance of making the cut a little earlier in the tournament. It, it adds a great deal of nerves to it because everyone's sitting on top of you. Um, but, yes, yeah, some play up to it, and there's no doubt when they when they put the ball in the cup, then that makes them a, uh, a little bit happier, and they, they give a wave and a cheer and all the rest of it. But um, there's no doubt it, it definitely affects the way that the golfers take that hole on. Uh, Cam, I know you've got to go, mate, because you're entertaining people. I, I do have to ask, though, because it sounds like you've stayed well hydrated on this trip. Uh, what, is your, what is your drop of choice when it comes to American beer? Because uh, as Monty Python once put it, it's a lot like having sex in a, can in a canoe for, for a lot of people. I, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you I, I'm not a beer drinker. I never have been in Australia, New Zealand, or the US, or wherever the hell I might be. But I'm a big whiskey sour guy, so um, I don't I don't traditionally drink at sporting events, which is in particular major sporting events. So um, when anyone's knocking beers down during the Super Bowl, I, I, I traditionally stay fairly dry. I don't think I had a beer. I don't think while the game was on on Sunday, I had a, I, that's obviously during the golf. I had about five thousand uh, vodka <laughs> lime and sodas, and then washed them down with a couple of vodka cranberries. Uh, but whiskey sours, uh, he just trying to relax. Uh, so we're out for dinner, have a few whiskey sours. That's the way they kind of go. And just on the Super Bowl, um, amazing day, of course. Remarkably, and I say this, and I, I can't believe it. I have been to a few before, so Super Bowl number four. But it never, it doesn't wash away into the excitement of what the actual day is. But it was number three in the week. Seeing LeBron do what he did, and then what the golf did in the Super Bowl on the Sunday, and I was more nervous about the two Australians, of course, Jordan Malata 
and Aaron Sipos, who are on the verge of becoming the first Australians to ever win a Super Bowl. Ben Graham, a guy that I do the show with, the armchair experts in Australia, uh, on Channel 7, the first man to play in one from Australia. But it was more about that. But the experience was outstanding again. Rihanna was brilliant and the game was unreal. And any time, I think I'll speak for every sports fan and many of those who will be listening to you right now, being able to watch a superstar do his thing like Patrick Mahomes, first time I'd seen him uh, live was unreal. And then watching Jalen Hurts become a superstar. He, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes for the majority of that game. The only reason he wasn't the MVP because his team got beat. Hey, that's, that's, there's the beauty in sport. And I think that any time uh, you're not necessarily passionately supporting a team like I am with the majority of sports outside of the AFL, it gives a great deal of excitement just to be able to watch the best of their things. So Mahomes to get it done and Hurts to announce himself meant that it was a wonderful day, even though the Australians fall just a, just a little short of becoming the first couple to do it. Good stuff, Cam. This has been the best NBL chat I've ever had. Um, <laughs> mate, I've, I've, I've got some well, serious well, envy going well, I'll, on. I'll tell you this on the NBL. I'll tell you this on the NBL. The New Zealand Breakers will be in the grand final in about four hours' time. I've got to be home after uh, dinner. I told my girlfriend I've got to be home to watch the Breakers uh, end the Jack Jumpers season. Uh, it's going to be easy to win down there. Melbourne United had to go down there last year and try and close out and couldn't, but it won't happen this time. No Josh Majette. Uh, the breakers are rolling, and Will McDowell-White is right now my favourite player in the NBL. I love the way that he goes, and he's the most important player on that breakers team. So uh, we'll talk next week, mate, if you want, about the grand final series of when they play Sydney. Sounds perfect, mate. Sounds perfect. You uh, go and enjoy that bar, mate, that uh, that, that, that you were uh, you were hosting at, and uh, appreciate your hey, time. If they, don't let me, if they don't let me back in, they don't let me back in, <laughs> I think the bar tab built to you guys. No worries. Sweet. Uh, that's, uh, that's S. Donald and Wyoku. Uh, said that. Uh, Cam Luke, absolute legend, uh, part of the SEN team as well. What a week and a half he's had beef. Jeez. That Phoenix Open does look like a golf tournament you want to go to. Oh, I didn't really, like, I knew that. And anyone that hasn't seen the footage, it's a par three that they just build an entire stadium around. And, yeah. and it, to be fair, I didn't realise the situation was. It looks very much like it was just all corporate, corporate, corporate. But obviously, it's it's there for the common man too to, to rip in. But how you can get sixty five thousand around a par three golf hole? Because they don't, they don't they're good sized stands, but they don't look like massive stands. No. But uh, oh, it is electric. Those numbers surprise me as well. And, yes, and, you know the way I play golf. I'm not going to doubt them. I'm not going to doubt them. Oh no, mm, neither. No. But the way I play golf, it'd be a dangerous place to sit. To be fair, uh, <laughs> to be anywhere. <laughs> they are what you call professional, Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's no, no none of that going on here. That's for sure. Fourteen away from seven here on the run home. This is SENZ. It's a nine away from uh, seven here on SENZ. This is the run home, Ricardo in Fakurst and uh, Beave with us and uh, Beave. Uh, we've had a, a tip through from Ted uh, on the on the Tampa Bedpost text machine. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant analysis too from Ted. So for all you people looking to have a punt on the breakers tonight, uh, the Jack Jumpers, still the best name in world sport, in their last ten games have led in the first quarter seven times. The last ten home games have led seven times tonight to lead first quarter dollar eighty seven. Come out the gates early. Yeah, I reckon dollar eighty seven. That's not. It's not bad money either. Not bad money. It's a good, good, good place to start a build. I will pull you up on something though. Yes, Jack Jumpers, worst name in sport. <laughs> Best or worst? Like just original. <laughs> it is. A, I'll give it that. I, I have original. never heard of another one before. No. Do you know what a Jack Jumper is? No. It's an ant. There you go. You're a basketball team. Is it? Is it like? <laughs> 
calling someone tiny but they're massive? Is yeah, that is that know. sort of well? Apparently, these ants can, ironic. Uh, no, they, apparently they can jump like X amount their body height or whatever, but it's still an ant. I mean, if you're in Tasmania, why are you not the Tasmanian timbers? You, you've got forests for Africa. I thought you were going to say devils. Well, they, I think they've already got a Tasmanian devils. In another sport. In another sport, yeah. Okay. So, in fairness, I mean, I don't want to get on them now because they're about to do a wonderful thing and have been a super franchise, but the Breakers? Yeah, I was never sold on the Breakers. What, 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 what's a Breaker? That's well, a wave, isn't it? Of course it is, yes. Yeah. So, the, you know, But mean, is that what they're playing off? Has their emblem got a wave in it? I don't think it does. I think it's no. just all blue, isn't it? It's just yeah. All, yeah. It was always a, that was a weird one for me as well, the Breakers. I mean, now you don't think about it, right? No. But, I mean, surely, surely, you're going around, you do better. I mean, I remember when they were trying to come up with a name for the Warriors. And there was they, they had an open thing where you could you make suggestions felt, and they had a top five. I don't think they could have done better. The Warriors is a great name. It is a great name. Just haven't won a premiership. No, no, that's, that's, the, yeah, that's the only problem. Great name, great emblem. <laughs> great everything. Yeah. Um, I actually... I, I wouldn't actually mind the um, DB Bitter uniform coming back either, <laughs> oh, just quietly. So long as there's no, they don't bring DB Bitter back. <laughs> Funny enough, uh, I've still got a 12 pack of uh, DB Bitter that someone gave me years ago mm-hmm. as a present. Oh, um, yeah. Still got it. Yeah. It's, it's in the back cupboard of um, the beer fridge. And the missus was cutting out and goes, Do you want to get rid of this? I go, Well, I'm never going to drink it, but I don't think we should get rid of it. No. Maybe it's... open it when the Warriors finally win a premiership. Yeah, and then don't drink it. And then don't drink it. <laughs> yeah. Or be that, in, uh, that blind yeah, uh, that you, you can't taste it. How how long does beer keep for in a can? Oh, not very long. No, no, no probably two years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you want. Yeah, that's uh, that's going back. It's probably actually not in the can anymore. It's probably eaten through the bottom <laughs> of the uh, aluminium and out the back back of the beer fridge. Yes, probably, probably. You know, I I, I kind of liked because obviously they were going for the New Zealand Warriors, and yes. I always think you should be named after the city. It should have been the Auckland something. Yeah, and I, I I was a big fan of proponent of the Orcas was an option. The Auckland Is someone Orcas. now the Orcas? Well, that's now a Wellington rugby league thing. Ah uh, yes, so so there you go. Ah, uh, but oh, oh, wonderful, mind. wonderful trivia on your uh, Thursday night. Yeah, exactly. That's what. It's why you tune in right here on SCNZ <laughs> for the run home. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still listening, uh, but uh, no, that is uh, that is us for tonight. Uh, I'm out, uh, but I'll be back on Monday. But tomorrow, Kim's in with your beef. Yes, I haven't had a Kim Friday for a while. Oh, well, there you yeah. go. Oh, it's a treat. A real treat. A real treat. Another, you know, another bridezilla to deal with. Isn't she <laughs> playing in hers as well? Yes. Yes, there's bridezillas everywhere on the run home at the moment. Yeah, there is. There is indeed. All right, drive safe, travel safe, and we'll be back tomorrow from four. <laughs>